Bland gameplay and unrealistic simulation of the bow. <laughs>
termites um, or the red ants, <laughs> the, the red ants rather. Sorry, uh, there are termites. I think too is a problem. But the yeah, you're like trying to you're trying to expand colonies and take out the red ants, and you can slowly work your way into the house out of the backyard, which is pretty cool. Are you a are you an ant in that one? Yeah. Oh, you've okay. never heard of this Sim Ant? Yeah, it was. I mean, no, I've never heard of that. <laughs> late nineties. Yeah, yeah, the Sim world. They simmed everything. Ah. Uh, Sim Ant was one of my one of my favorites. That was a really really cool game, actually. That sounds like something I would have been like. This is this is not Sim City. This is not like the Sims. I'm oh, done. There's so too much I Sim stuff. Loved it. Like, <laughs> I fucking loved it. It was so good because yeah, the you have the red ants. There's you know there's spiders. There's ant lions there's all sorts of like hazards and stuff and you know you gotta like find the food and then you take one of your workers and go fucking like you gotta like tag it and kind of and like the workers start oh, to, the like workers real time to... strategy yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's real time yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah it's, you know sim like so it. real time yeah yeah that nice. was a cool it was a very cool game uh, particularly for the time and it was one of the few things that would run on my fucking dog shit 40 megahertz <laughs> SX386 IBM PS2 that I had. So it was like that all, all the more reason. And in Windows, too. It was so, like, mm. basic, I guess, from programming perspective. Wow. That not, not only would it run, but it would run in Windows. You don't have to go in to DOS. In Windows, not even yeah. DOS. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> DOS, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty pretty impressive for the time, I suppose. Anyhow. Wow. Uh, yeah, so other than that, um, a lot of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So it's funny, like, I beat this game. It was the last game that I beat on the Xbox One before the Series X was released. And I only came back to it because a lot of Assassin's Creed games have been added to Game Pass. And so I came back really just because I thought I had the Atlantic Atlantis DLC. Really, I only had a quest starter. So I went back, downloaded it, started doing that, realized I didn't have the full DLC full DLC. So of course I had to go buy the DLC and of course I'm like playing that as well as just finishing up side quest because the game is so beautiful, you know, my Series X. It's an amazing game. So I'm playing a lot of that just swinging big dick energy around <laughs> in ancient Greece, you know, as a demigod. Doesn't get better, you know, much better than that. Word, word, word. That is the latest one. I is there isn't is, I don't know, the fact there's always a new one. <laughs> oh, there definitely is. So that's the funny thing about it. Like, I loved this game so much that I was pumped for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which was a true Series X game coming out. But uh, as graphically amazing and visually like expansive of a game as that is, I just enjoy ancient Greece more than I care about Vikings. You know, so like I just <laughs> like I'm almost finished with it with Odyssey, and it kind of bums me out because Valhalla's there have like the hero edition with all the expansions and everything but it's kind of like but i'm a viking like i just you know i'd, I'd rather play origins which is like in ancient egypt or something else you yeah. know so we'll see we'll see feel that i would yeah i would probably prioritize that kind of uh yeah european <clears throat> ancient european settings or or middle eastern sort of settings more so than a a fucking nordic one too yeah much I like Skyrim. I mean, it's good. I mean, Sky, Skyrim yeah. is kind of set in that world uh, to some degree, but they don't. You know, it's not. That's just the environment. It's not like the obviously the game is is completely whatever you want to make it. So there's not. It's not yeah. like you're you're existing in a all Viking minded. But that's the thing, though. Like with Odyssey, whenever I go to a new place, it's kind of like you know, Zeus's triathlon, or you know what I. It's kind of like 
places that I can reference or think about that I can tie sure. to places I've actually heard of or, you know, just for me personally, I don't know anything about Vikings other than <laughs> seen on TV and like well, maybe, random shows. Maybe, maybe this is your incentive to learn some history, Jay. That's, right, there that's, you go. <laughs> uh, don't, don't just play the game. Have it make you a, embrace the fact that it can make you a better person too. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> Yeah, but that's pretty much it, man. What about you? What are you jamming on these days? Ah, uh, well, it's been a while since we got since we recorded. So there's actually yeah, been quite a bit. Uh, the first thing I have here is a, a there was a pretty big happy fucking birthday to me because there were two hot quest drops on August 18th, which is my mm. day of birth. And uh, the first was the Japan DLC for Real VR Fishing, so oh, okay. a new location, new location entirely. And they dropped eight of what I'm guessing will be 16 new fishing spots. And it's fishing. Locations are beautiful. It's great. I recommend you start fishing, Jay. I actually took it home. <laughs> I took it home. I just got back from I, – I flew out of Cle- I went back to Buffalo for the, the Titans game, the Monday Nighter, and I the flights out of Buffalo were all fucked up. So I just drove down, got a rental, drove down to Cleveland, flew out of Cleveland on Thursday. So I hung on my uncle a bit for a couple of days. And I brought my headset. And he'd never fucked with that, of course. So I got him into it. And he was still, it was so funny. He was so resistant to it. He's such a curmudgeon <laughs> motherfucker. He was like, he, you know, he's like buzzing around the house doing things. And I'm like, fuck, he was like, you gotta try putt putt. You gotta try putt putt. And I kept hammering on hammering. He's like, oh, I gotta finish laundry. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. And I was like, <laughs> finally got him into it. And like, it's so funny to watch someone try that for the first time. Especially that's not already like games, you know, necessarily game, modern game savvy. And, because, you know, they put it on and, like, you know, the questions, he's like, he's, he's, like, asking these questions about how to get going and, like, I'm trying to show him the Guardian and actually got it to work. I couldn't get to work when I was doing this with my grandma, but I was able to get the feed to pipe to my phone so I could watch what he would oh, see. And it made nice. it made the tutorial aspect of it a little easier. But, like, you know, first put it on and then, like, you know, I'm trying to explain, like, you just got to, like, to set the floor, you just touch the floor. He's like, what do you mean? Like, with, I'm like, with the, that control, you literally just bend down and touch the floor. And it does it. He's like, holy shit, okay. <laughs> like he, and he does it. And then to to do the boundary, I'm, like, explaining to him, like, you just paint on the ground. And, like, he can instantly do that. Like, you know, again, no ability, no prior, pre-existing anything for this kind nice. of technology. And he's just nice. immediately able to do it. And he's like, you can just tell. I can't even see his eyes. His face is covered. <laughs> but I can tell he is like immediately like, holy shit, this is wild. <laughs> yeah. You know, so he does that. And yeah, he start. you know, I put him into fucking tourist trap and he's fucking putt-putting. And he's, you know, figuring out the physics. And he's like, first he was kind of like, he was all choked up and kind of doing it funny. I was like, you can hold it. Like, it's hold it like a, a golf putter. He's like, okay, okay, you know. And he does it. And he's like, oh, yeah, that is better, you know. And he's like, you know, figuring out the physics and shit. And it was just so funny to, to, to watch him. It's so interesting, I guess, maybe not even funny, to just watch someone slowly, or not even slowly, ever so quickly, like, acclimate and integrate with that and world. He's like, yeah, you know, I fucking show him the flying thing, and immediately he's like, whoa. He's like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's, that's too crazy. He's like, that gave me vertigo. That was fucking wild. And he's fucking, you know, like, whatever. So he's, he's butt butt. And then I, I got him into fishing, and I had him do the roller coaster thing, do the, the T-Rex epic roller coaster thing to, to ride that. Nice. And I'm like, you know, it was like, especially because he like demonstrated like a little bit of that wasn't good with the flying in golf. Uh, so I was like, you know, I was telling him like the, the roller coaster thing could definitely get you if you whatever. He's like, no, you like, I mean, he, you know, he's first car fucking roll at Cedar Point kind of guy. So he's like, fuck it, I'll yeah. be fine, you know. And he does. He was totally fine with that. So it, it was just, I think maybe just the shock 
maybe <laughs> of <laughs> like, being able whoa. to fly up like that and, and golf that not not so much like the nausea thing that some people can have you know yeah. So yeah, it was so funny. So you know, we we play that. He plays it for a couple hours. He ends up fishing for like fucking an hour and a half, two hours, and then we go to dinner the next night with a couple of friends of his. And in the parking lot afterward, he's telling the story to them about it, and like he's just so excited. Yeah. He's like, oh my god, nice. it's fucking incredible! Like oh no no no, yeah, like it's like immediately fucking uh, converting, <laughs> converting people and making them fucking. Uh, influencing spheres and <laughs> you know so he's definitely ordering one and he's definitely gonna fucking be playing putt putt for sure and it's yeah, it was pretty cool to to drop that on him anyways so they had the fishing thing so he, he, he was doing some of that and then also on the 18th red matter 2 uh was dropped from vertical robot and I finished the first one of this game very early in my quest days. This was already out when I got my quest, and it was stupendous. And that op- you know, that opinion's totally backed up by a litany of awards at one and stuff. And it's it's set in space. It's the image behind me. It's set in space, and it's the it's the world where it's like the the Soviet Union won the Cold War, and oh. on Earth, obviously, in, in our timeline, and the story takes place like way in the future in that reality. So like the Soviet union has remained in power and then proliferates into space. And the first one took place on this Soviet controlled planet that something fucked up on and they just disappeared. And you were an American cosmonaut exploring that vacated but something's fucked up going on at planet so you're kind of like there's there's like some weird like apparitional ghostly kind of stuff going on maybe uh, but you're not sure and, you, and and you're also like there it's kind of, i think it's kind of like an espionage like you're there like the reason you were there is for espionage purposes but what you're experiencing is not that's not what happens you know what i mean so that was the first game it was very good played it all through it was fucking great and the sequel it's bigger badder and i cannot believe how incredible it looks on the quest. Like, I didn't know the quest was capable of this, and there's a reason for that that I found out uh, with the release of this, and that it kind of bums me out, but I'll get to that. So, yeah, it's a first person in a spacesuit, and it's mostly puzzle solving and, and puzzle and problem solving shit, but it, it does later work in some shooting bullshit way more than I would prefer, actually, in this version. It was not in the first one, the first one didn't have. It was all just. I mean, you 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 have like this is the one I think maybe maybe you recall me talking about it. Like, it does an amazing job of like the controller that you have in real life. Those controllers, mm-hmm. the in-game like visual of those and your the way you interact with those controllers is so well translated. Like the claws and stuff. It just it it looks like. It could be on, like it could be, you know, your what what you feel in your hands could be what you see on screen. Whereas normally you're doing some level of like it's an interpretation yeah. of hands, you know. So yeah. it just does a really cool job because you're in a spacesuit of making that feel good and real and right, you know. So that that's one really nice. cool aspect of it. And the story is great. You're traveling all around the solar system in this case, not just the one planet. And it's yeah, it's this dystopian future deal. And there's not really it's it, it was odd to me and kind of surprising that first one was so predicated on spooky shit and like kind of some ghost stuff going on. This one's not doesn't really have that. It's it's it bummed me out a little bit in that regard because I liked that 
aspect of the story. It's much more about just some really shitty thing. I mean, there. I don't know. I shouldn't say that. There is like a sci-fi. I guess, it's, yeah, it's more of a sci-fi thing than a ghost story. You know, it, it's more of like this space. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of, I'm trying to think of a comparable um, movie I've seen or something. But yeah, there's like this entity kind of that you're dealing with. Uh, but yeah, it feels much. It feels like it's something that was cooked up in a lab, or is just would you would just find on another planet, as opposed to like this otherworldly or other a- apparitional type entity. If that makes sense, I don't know. Whatever the case. Um, and weird first thing for this one, dude. This one made me nauseous. Like the smooth movement. Like that's never happened. <laughs> this, the, the smooth movement because you're in a spacesuit, so you can like fly around and hover and stuff, and like. You know, I didn't even really get that that's what was happening to me. Like, that's how it how free, unfrequently it's happened to me. I didn't even understand that's what it was. Like, I thought I was just feeling kind of shitty, you know? And, like, and I played for a few play sessions, and I every time I come out of it, I'm like, man, I'm fucking feeling, I don't feel good. And, you know, like, eventually the dipshit in me, like, I do isolate the variable. I'm like, okay. And I just go in, and I change it to the teleport movement, and that never happened again. So that's absolutely what it was. But, yeah, it was weird to me that, because, like I said, that does not happen. I mean, I fly around and fucking... Walk about, and I don't. I don't know what it is. Maybe it, it is very smooth. Like the movement is very smooth. Maybe that's what it is. Something about Your it. Brain is like this is happening. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> something, yeah, something going on there. So that was interesting to me. That, and I've actually seen, like the, like seen stuff on the internet on, on Twitter and shit. And then the Rough Talk guys covered this game, and they mentioned that it was something that was being reported as a thing too. So there's something about the development of this game. That's a little different with the movement, and it's it's conjuring that in people a little more often than than is normally the case. So that's an interesting mm-hmm. thing. I would love to know the science of that, like why this game. And I would just, yeah, you know, like I don't know, mm-hmm. not sure. Like Green Hell also is another one where you move smooth too, and like I don't, I, it doesn't happen to me there. I don't, yeah, I'm not sure uh, what's up with that. Anyhow, put the shit out of it, and I beat it, and it's maybe 10-ish hours of gameplay, I would say, and that seems to be the prevailing estimate for most people, too. And, it, I mean, yeah, so it's it's the best-looking quest game to date. Like, no, there's no argument whatsoever. And this also came from the Rough Talk pod. I guess this is one of, if not the first game, that didn't have to be compatible, like, from the Facebook store or Oculus store requirements or whatever. This is the first one that didn't need to be compatible with the Quest 1, and that's why. Oh, So really? all the games to date have had to be compatible with the Quest 1, and that's why they haven't been able to embrace the graphical capability of the two in the way that it should be, you know? Which, how fucked up is that? Like, that is a real bummer, dude, you know, that they're So going that. forward... Should be, yeah, should, <laughs> should be. Should be good game, better. Should be, yeah, should better be better games. looking stuff, so... Not like the games we've seen are bad, like... You know. Right. Well, yeah, it's, usually it doesn't even... Yeah, that's, like, the thing. It, like, I think that's partly why, like, uh, like Walkabout, like, they don't even... Re- it's not... They don't even attempt realism. It's, like, they embrace yeah. the polygonal whatever, you know, yeah. of, of the visual. And, you know, and yeah, I don't mind that at all, especially for me, it is so much more about the experience than the visual. So for me personally, it's particularly unimportant, but I understand the graphics are important to a lot of people. And yeah, it's nice that, that, that they can do this. Dude, if forward. they made that with more realism, that'd be, oh, that'd be great. That'd the putt putt game. That would be wild. Be I don't know. Like, I, I kind of feel like level though. I don't, I kind of feel like that game would, would suffer from that. I think, Part of the charm of that game 
is kind of like the rinky-dink child putt-putt course feel to everything, you know? I kind of like that. But, yeah, who knows? I, I mean, yeah, the... both. I think you'd have a little more realism and still keep that. You know, I think you can make Perhaps. That. Perhaps, perhaps. I don't know. I, got, I have zero criticisms <laughs> for them. The new the new one of those, I think, drops in five. I think it's the 29th, the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea course drops. So next, whatever the hell that times out to be. Next Thursday, they're usually Thursdays, I think. So that makes sense. Next Thursday. Looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, and yeah, this one, dude, like, there's, I, I mean, I posted some of the pictures just so you can see it on, on our on our socials, but, like, it really becomes apparent the difference out in space. Like, you, in the base is cool, too, and you can see a little bit of an aesthetic difference, but when you're out in space, there's some visuals, like, where you're on this, early in the game, where you're on this, uh, after your ship lands on the the, the base you're, you need to get to, or whatever it is, and you're out there on the deck, and you can see the planet, and there's, like, a asteroid belt up in the air and then another planet down below it fucking looks unbelievable uh so good so 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 good so yeah great looking game the puzzles i i kind of actually was a little the the puzzles were maybe mildly challenging at times but most generally not like there was one early on that was i probably more of me just trying to figure out things about the game than actual difficulty within the puzzle itself but oh yeah it I, I think they kind of, again, it's it's just like Subnautica. It's like we had that, I had that long fucking diatribe about Subnautica. Like they tried to dumb it down. I think I think they tried to make it stupider. You know, I think I really mm. and, and more easily received by a wider. And I just, I, it's so pathetic that they. I don't know that that is required. <laughs> or that that is that game developers think that that's requisite for a game for a game to to reach a wider audience. It makes me sad about humanity. <laughs> And yeah, and the shooter mechanics. I mean, oh god, they work fine, and they but like it's just never something that I want in a game like this. I just don't. It's you know, it's it's almost it's like it's some of those like mini game Nintendo game things. It's like you're adding something, and like you're probably just making the rest of the stuff suffer by having that in there. You know, uh, I understand that maybe you have a more limitless uh, capability <laughs> with with the modern game than you did of the, with those old games, but. It, it just it didn't need it, and I wish they'd have spent more time on the exploration and the puzzles and stuff than that aspect of it, because it was just, I don't know, very cookie-cutter shooting stuff. But either way, it's only twenty nine ninety nine, you know, 30 It's not like they... I expected this game to be a $40 release, and for 30 I think it's definitely worth the money. So pretty cool, pretty cool. And then there's another one that I dinked with, Retro... Retropolis? Retro, Retropolis. Something like that. Twelve ninety nine in the store, so pretty inexpensive, and the reviews are pretty good. And it's like this very small developer that kind of cares about what they're doing. I think they it's very visible. They care. Uh, just three guys, I think, and it's a mildly comedic take on the detective noir game world. And it's the the actual story world is one where robots have replaced humanity, but are fixated on maintaining what the algorithm perceives as human. You know, so that's where like the 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 you know the trope forty crime noir thing comes from. They think that this is like I don't know, you know, something like this represents whatever. Like they, you know, some <laughs> some movie slipped into the algorithm from the forties or something, or probably the sixties, seventies, I guess, portraying the forties, and they think this is how humanity should be. So this is the world they're proliferating, in. and it's yeah, it's it's kind of it's relatively comedic in that regard, and and pretty pretty good, but. The I'd say the actual gameplay it's kind of short. It's not particularly challenging again on the puzzle front, 
but it is cute and still engaging. And for twelve ninety nine, I mean, it's fucking very reasonable buy. I think if you just want, you know, a few hours, something to kill a few hours uh, while you're waiting for something to fucking drop, <laughs> something else to drop. And the last couple of things are emulation joints. I fucking tagged you in a man, but yeah, I finally got to play Bonk's Adventure with some level of of. Uh, First of all, why? Like, because come, I was coming at me with why. I played it. It was it was on the flight to Buffalo for for the game, so it was on my new my new emulator, and the yeah, I just I, I clocked that I that that it had a, a TurboGrafx sixteen. Uh, like it in. actually runs on RetroArch. It runs on RetroArch. So, okay. it, yeah, it had it had the the what are they cores they're called for that. So I was like, ooh, I can play all those fucking games I've been downloading, wanting to that for some reason my laptop shit it out on so i saw that when i fired up and started playing it. And yeah dude it's man like it's so good the graphics are so good for that era and the mechanics with him are really cool and fun with the the head thing and like he uses it in, as a tool in all these ways and like the interaction with the enemies like all varied all good sprite art all interesting the boss battle at the end of the first level I only played through the first level but the are all three it's like I think like kind of Mario-esque in like a 1-2-1 one, one, or 1-1-1-2-1-3 one, 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 kind of situation bosses in 1-3 I think is how it works and yeah the boss battle was fucking awesome and fun and I mean just like you know we saw those boss the boss artwork in the ad and we were, you know we pointed out how great it looks they look great in motion too, like really, really good. And yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, it does not make it's not part of what we're doing, but it's a really fucking fun game. And I think we would it would be a a great tangent episode. I don't know what we call that random set of random rags, random fucking carts or something. I don't know, but like that, <laughs> you know, I think I think it would be a really, really fun playthrough to talk to to do and 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 talk about. Um, yeah, I mean, right up there, you know, as far as like action platformers from that era go. I mean, it's it's in the Sonic and Mario world, I think, as far as like like likability of the character and the the personality they gave that character in the game and the story world. Like it's it's not there's nothing cookie cutter about any aspect of it. Every aspect, every every step of it felt original to me and well done and cared about and the uh, it all felt good. The control, everything felt good. It was fucking. It was really well done. I thought. So that is my soapbox on Bonk's Adventure. And then last but not least, I copped the new Tecmo Super Bowl for both NES and Genesis. And I was texting you and Jab about this. The yeah, when I was like that was like the whole impetus. Like I found out my old my GPXD handheld emulator was bricked for some reason when I was flying to New York. Uh, right before the season started and like my whole part of my ritual is playing Tecmo Super Bowl while I'm flying to and fro these places for the games so when I find out found out my XD was bricked I was like freaking out I was like I gotta just gotta get a new one like, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I did a bunch of YouTube tutorials and tried to unbrick it but it just I couldn't it, nothing was working so I, was like, I gotta get a new one so I, I bought this Abernick thing uh, off Amazon after a whole shit ton of, of, of googling around for for you know options on on handheld emulators and this one's pretty good it's like i said it's linux based as opposed to android which the xd was android so it's not like it doesn't like the xd and i, I never use any of this anyways but the xd because it runs on android you know you download apps you could use you fucking you watch netflix on do whatever you want i never used it for that purpose but that option at least existed with this it's just an emulator and it has like a very it, it runs off retroarch 
So it has that going on. And it also has this, I forget what the name of it is, but it has like this other front end thing built out of it. So it, it has like this really clean looking, very snazzy menu screen that allows you to go through all the different game systems. But that's all it does. You can't do anything else on it. So, you know, and like I said, I don't want that out of my machine anyways. This is like half the price of an XD. Anyhow, it was 160 on Amazon. So I think that's very fair. Uh, but it, I mean, it, the screen's bigger. It feel like the control. It all feels great. It, it looks great. Uh, it's the what 351 MP I think is the model, which is um, I think it's 640 by 480 is the resolution on this on the thing. So that's like twice the resolution we used to get for these games. So everything looks great, you know. And it plays. I mean, it, it can run up through uh, Gen One. I think like I think it's 64. It might. Does it do GameCube? It, it definitely does 64 and PlayStation One. It might go one more too, like GameCube and PS2, but I'm not I'm not sure offhand. Like that's I don't really want to emulate those anyway. So yeah, I mean I can't even yeah. think offhand if it does. But yeah, I mean you know all the arcade stuff you want, like all that shit, and it comes preloaded with a shit ton of stuff too, which is cool. Um, so yeah, I mean it, I, I would say whatever. But so yeah, I've been playing on that. So I, I went to TechBowl.org to download the new one, and they didn't have the, like their the one that they released wasn't out yet. So do they have the little form on the right hand side of their website, and it's where people post about their modded versions. And the one that seemed to have the most traction for the NES is this S Blue Man Tecmo is is the the person's name, and they got a Twitter account and stuff too. So you can find their website, and I'll put that in the show notes. But uh, it's. He's done a ton of quality of life improvements to it. They like he moved the PATs back to where they're actually at now instead of they still. I can't believe no one's in, in made a two point conversion option yet. It's the <laughs> one thing that I. It seems very doable to me because you're just running a play from the two. I'm surprised that no one's gotten to that yet. But he did move the kick back to where it's supposed to be and kind of change the kicking mechanics too. And yeah, there's a lot of just little quality of life improvements, updated rosters, of course. And uh, I'll be doing my weekly Road to the Super Bowl Quest live streams throughout the season. I actually haven't gotten around to the Dolphins one this week because uh, life and shit. But the um, I'm probably going to do it after in between editing here. But, yeah, so I'll be doing that every Wednesday probably. And the uh, I was fucking around with another little anecdote about this. I was fucking around with him on Twitter, and he was talking about dropping the new – like updated rosters on the eighth or something like that. And I was like, I was like, and this was after the Rams game where the bills beat the shit out of the Rams. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, I assume this new update will have baby Jesus at all hundos. Right. As far as his attitudes go. <laughs> and he's like, ha ha ha. And then like a day or two later, he, he, he fucking direct tweets me and he's like with a link, he's like, he made a mod for me specifically with all 100s for baby Jesus. And, <laughs> and you know, he's, he's, he's of course incredible in the game as a result, but it's almost, it's too much of a, he's too good. Like I, like I'll be in the pocket trying to like wait for a receiver to get open and just run out of bounds or something or like run into a, a defensive player. Cause I'm running so fucking fast that I can't even like, control the dude. So yeah, he's like fucking crazy, crazy good, but pretty fun and pretty cool of him. So yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty good about engagement and shit. And I'm sure if you had feedback or whatever, he'd probably be all about it. And it seemed to be the one that you know, people are most into right now, as far as as far as the the people modding wow. these. So yeah, highly recommend it. Really good. There's a hard type version too. I was texting you guys about where he added new music to the game, and you know it's it. There's a even more functionality differences in that that uh, including the AI. I think I'm pretty sure 
I can see a difference in the way the game's playing, you know. So it's a little because the yeah you know, the, the the natural arc of the the AI in Tecmo Super Bowl is kind of throughout the season the game gets harder and it like it's like Tecmo hard so you know it's like it's it's not really any harder it's just like more stupid shit happens you know what I mean <laughs> so and that just gets progressively worse throughout the season by the end of the season you know you're I'm usually to the point by week seventeen in the playoffs where like there's like two of the eight plays that I can run they're picking it half the time and you got to have an you got to have a quick uh you know a an easy a hot read because they're picking your plays constantly. And like, I end up running with Josh Allen more because they're fucking, all the receivers are always covered. You know, like it's like, it just gets, it's just like little dumb shit like that. As opposed to, of course, there's only so much variance that that game could possibly introduce as far as challenge goes, you know, so whatever. But uh, this one, he's, I think he's balanced that a little bit more and made it a little more uniform throughout and playable essentially. So yeah, highly recommend that version, the hard type version. Okay, uh, let's talk about GamePro 13. That is the Skate the Jam theme from Skate or Die on the good old NES, bringing us into this uh, little late to the party Game Pro <laughs> cover. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. It's August 1990. It's got a 395 US dollar cover price, 495 Canadian, and UK pounds is 250. And I didn't clock it on the last Game Pro, the TMNT cover one, but that is when they started putting the UK pound price on here. And oh, I find really? that to be a funny, odd happenstance that we do that random rag up on UK-based Sega Mania in between these two issues where that's first the case. That's kind of funny to me, you know. <laughs> funny little random happenstance thing. And yes, it is a day late and dollar short with the cover feature. It's a legit live-action photo, the first of those for the mag, I believe, of, yes, Mike. Michael Jackson. And that's because they're giving the cover shine to Moonwalker here, which we enthusiastically covered in a game app after the last Game Pro. And their tagline here is, check out one smooth criminal in our part two pro view. <laughs> and the other things they tout here are 24 pages of blockbuster new games. Then it lists off Captain Skyhawk, Spot, Aerial Pursuit, Budokan, Boulder Dash, Devil's Crush. And that is the list you might hand someone if they asked you for the exact opposite of a list of 1990 <laughs> blockbuster video games. You know? Right? Yeah. Right? I read that and I was like, um, uh, I do not think you... I do not think that means what you think it means. <laughs> right, yeah, right, right, right. And yeah, then they mentioned Skate or Die, and they, their tagline for that is Get Rad and Bad in this NES special feature. And lastly, we have NEC Color Handheld Turbo Chips to Go. Moving into the mag, we get a smattering of NES ads we've seen Dungeon Magic, Zezzy's Captain Skyhawk, and Cabal to get us to the TOC. And they have a little Francis Mao Adventures of Game Pro art here where Todd is lying in a beach chair in the sand, nothing but swim trunks on, a tiki beverage in hand, scuba flippers on his feet, and a bodacious babe draped all over him. And the speech bubble reads, Hey, Zardoth gave me some time off. See you all next month. And I guess that means no comic, this issue. Duh. Francis himself must have been on vacation is my best guess, which seems to line up quite well with this being the first live-action 
photo cover. He wasn't there to do their cover either. So they were like, oh, I guess we gotta gotta pay for a fucking Michael photo. <laughs> or maybe yeah. who knows what they had to pay. That's a great yeah, question. Yeah, it looks like they just kind of cut it out. From the- <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We, we've we've covered extensively that their photo, like their layout capabilities based on these TOC fucking bullshits, are not the best. So, yeah, live action is not their, probably their, uh, it's not their wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say not. Yeah, they're much better off with Francis doing an illustration for him. After that, we have a HAL Labs rollerball ad that gets us to the letter from the Game Pro section. And this is actually a new ad that, you know, we don't see a lot of those out of HAL. It's usually just the same tired shit that one, like, Four pager actually with Adventures of Lolo and the pinball game and all that. But yeah, this one's new and it kind of has a far side comic vibe to the illustration. It's a dude sitting in front of his TV in horror as a pinball comes rocketing out of it, shattering the screen. And that made me think about far side comics, of course. And were you a far side comic kid? Jay, was that something you were hip to as a kid? Yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah. read some far side whenever I saw it. Yeah, it was it was definitely like you knew it was a little different take than what you right. got out of your your uh, peanuts. Comics yeah, exactly. Trips. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a little more elevated, and yeah, for that reason, like I don't remember having an affinity for it until a little later, like just preteen and then early yeah. teens is when I kind of got into it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I started getting I can't remember who it was, but someone started buying me the calendars every year for Christmas. So mm-hmm. I had there were a few years in a row where I had a Far Side calendar, and I remember being eager to rip off the new one every day and see what the new <laughs> new comic was. So yeah, that's a cool, a cool yeah, memory. My, uh, my aunt, whenever I would go over her house, like she would always have like the comics, like she would the always funnies. have them. Yeah. She would always have the new ones. Yeah. Yeah. My uncle. Yeah. We didn't get the paper at my house. Cause we were probably, probably, well, no, they had paper boxes out from, we didn't get one. I don't think, or maybe we did actually. I might be fucking me lying, saying oh, my childhood was worse than it was. <laughs> <laughs> we might have had, I don't know, I can't remember if we did or not at home. But yeah, I mean, I remember definitely whenever I got anywhere near a newspaper, I would find the Best Buy ad and I would find, I would take the comics out and mm, yeah. and, and read those things for sure. Yeah, I was, I was Garfield, I always could not get enough oh, yeah. Garfield comics. I had 100% all the book, Garfield, yeah. yep. I had all the, or not all the, but I had a bunch of books of them. And I don't know if you remember, that was like a classic book club thing too. And the the Garfield books were all shaped funny. They were all had that, like, uh, <laughs> it was like a longer, kind of a 16 by 9 uh, shape and, and size to them. That obviously lent itself to comic strips more than a normal size, or normal book layout. I remember those fondly as well. Anyhow, this also mentions the Nintendo World Championships in their Atomine and Hal's presence at it, so I think we've answered our question about developers using this as a badge of honor for nothing more than having a booth at what must have been an accompanying trade show. You know, oh, like how, sure. like my point being, Hal Labs games were not invited to any special. <laughs> I mean, Adventures of, you know, we, we like Adventures of Lolo, but I still don't think yeah. Nintendo that, like viewed that as like a essential yeah, game. Yeah, this or, is the competition level, like showcase game yeah yeah yeah. no not the case that's a niche thing for sure so the letter is headlined survival of the fittest and it deals in the editorial staff's takeaways from the recent recently attended consumer electronics show in chicago and there's some nice infographic fodder that is in here in uh, in the the number of licensees for each of the nintendo sega and nec um 
licensee representatives or whatever, and the numbers for those are 55, 20, and 10, respectively. So 55 Nintendo, 20 Sega, 10 for NEC, and, you know, Nintendo was dominating, like Josh Allen. <laughs> Some first-timer ads, follow that up. Hal, Jalico, Asmic. Hal's is a full-pager for those Game Boy puzzlers. They've been hammering us over the head with forever now, Shanghai and Revenge of the Gator. But, yeah, I never really fucked with either one of them. But I do, this, this illustration did, st- like, stand out to me a little bit more than the the previous ones in that it's there's a dragon standing on mahjong tiles on the left and then a gang of gators on the right and there's a super cute lolo standing between them for no reason i can tell <laughs> other than to act as a quasi hell mascot you right know? you know yeah. so yeah they're, so they're like battling each other and like the, the gators are trying to climb over the fucking get over the wall and so it's just a, it's it's a cool you know it doesn't really have anything to do with the i mean it does show the game elements from the games too but it's more just kind of a look at this cute thing i think and then that's that's a good ad because i looked at it it's it's great marketing it's just it's still those two games like like they have these great ideas i just if they were different games it probably would have gone much better yeah yep Jalico's ad is a two-banger for Asnax that is really pitching it hard. It's got some live-action artwork that is in the style of their sports titles where things are being projected out of the TV in some kids' living room. And they actually put, I thought this was really cool, they have the Nintendo Power Power Meter in the corner of the artwork, which mm-hmm. we I don't believe we've ever seen before. And it's a 77.5%, and I guess that is solid enough to tout, but it is, it's really fun to me that this is in a competing mag, you know. There's something about that that is, is I, I enjoy. Hey, they're using everything they can, right? Yeah, like yeah, I like sure. it. It almost says something to me too that they've elevated it to almost like live action sports status. Like that, like you to your point that they put use the same graphics that they would have done on like the other sports games. So it's kind of like right. they're going big on this. Clearly, yeah. they believe in Astex. <laughs> yeah. And Asvix had is mostly shit we've seen, albeit in a new layout, but they do tease an NES game we have not seen here, Worm. And this isn't out till late next year, November 91, and is released under the title Worm, Journey to the Center of the Earth. And, uh, you know, that tennis game of theirs is pretty solid. Maybe this will be hot also. We shall see. The mail comes next, and what do we got this month? The first, I kind of enjoyed Steve Bear of Ocala, Florida, who I know from recent Florida experience was surely miserable and sweating his ass off in August 1990 when he wrote this letter. But he is writing in to bitch about games and Sega ads in their mag not being out yet. And Pat Riley's basketball is the one he's peeved about specifically. And the editor is just like, dude, it's, like, it's not our problem, dude. It's Sega. Like, talk to Sega. <laughs> you, know, like, fucking, you know, they pay us. We put the thing in the magazine. We don't ask questions. Like, if they, you know, like. The actual availability of it is up to the fucking publisher. Like it has nothing to do with us. So, yeah, yeah, it's it, you know, it, it, it's just it's you know, like like modern day that would just be a tweet. Yeah, <laughs> just be somewhat awesome. agitated to, and like the idea that someone put in so much effort to write in a letter and these motherfuckers got to publish it and put it in a magazine and the person's got to read it. It's just like there's just so much to that flowchart that I just enjoy so much that like so much wasted. <laughs> fucking brain like you don't don't even know how marketing works sir like that (laughs) generally people like to generate hype for a game coming out if you can have the funds to do so that means promoting the game before it comes out right 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 right, that doesn't mean i saw a commercial i'm immediately running to the (laughs) especially back then you know like everything moves so slowly back then like what do you (laughs) hilarious 
There's a lot of action here about the high scores feature, Some even sh- uh, or even some chatter from Milford, Ohio about it, and it's revealed here that they omitted it from this issue so they could redesign it to include TurboGrafx scores. So I guess those weren't present before. I didn't even notice. But it makes no mention of putting locations again, so it's actually interesting for our podcast, which I find to be a huge oversight by them. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Egregious. And then the last one that meant anything to me was we get a sign from the Retro Video Game Podcast Gods, Theo Valoria of Mission Viejo, California, is saying he loved the first two fantasy stars and wants to know when the third installment drops. Side quest, anyone? Jay? Hmm. Any of those, any other letters do anything for you here? Uh, only the Mike Woods one where he pretty much was talking about this being the hottest thing outside of like Patty Mills at his high school or something. So that was, that was pretty funny. Like I don't know who Patty there. Mills is. Who is Patty Mills? I don't know, just or Jamie will Mills. This apparently the hottest girl in the school. So oh, I thought, it, I thought it was like a movie. I thought it was like a no, movie no. thing. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't remember this one. I thought it was like purely a movie his thing. own personal reference. <laughs> I appreciate the humor. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that is good. I wonder uh, because it got published. You have to wonder: Did he try to work that into a sales pitch of some kind for <laughs> him, himself to her? <laughs> like hey hey check this out you know yeah look, look wonder how that worked out for you mike yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah if you're listening uh, email in or fucking message us and let us know if if you two are married today <laughs> so that is followed by a full pager for a feature film and i believe it's the first time we've seen that in game pro 2 except maybe there was some wizard shit but that obviously makes more sense being a video game yeah. themed movie so the film here is arachnophobia a July 18th release directed by Frank Marshall and starring some pretty fucking fire individuals by my measure. Jeff Daniels and John Goodman are the ones that I really enjoy out of that cast. And I don't know, like it's it's funny to me. Like this movie has significance in my mind, but I don't think I've ever seen it in its entirety. And I, like, I kind of recall wanting to as a kid, but never doing so. Spiders have always terrified me, so I may have actually had some, some conscious unwillingness to do it. And I think I tried recently, and it was way too campy. I couldn't stick with it. Even though, like, John Goodman, I think, is probably is like a really entertaining character performance in this. But, I, yeah. yeah, I don't think I could stick with it. Does this movie mean anything to you at all? I, I mean, I definitely remember it back in the day. I remember it being a big thing. But right. kind of like you, I don't, I don't recall, like, the details of the movie. You know, I'm thinking back, and I'm like, I don't remember, like... Was it too was it too scary and therefore I knew it was out but didn't get to watch it? Like I you know, th- at this time I'm like what, ten years old. July so maybe 18th, my yeah. kids didn't or maybe my parents didn't let me watch it. I don't know. But I, I, I definitely remember it. But it also threw me off seeing it in the mag before a second I'm like, Is it a game? Like did they make a game <laughs> out of it? <laughs> right. Oh yeah. no, they're just advertising the movie. Okay, got it. Right, which is yeah, because yeah, it is this is a you know, this is a kids magazine. Yeah, there are adults reading it, and they know that. But this is a kids' magazine, so that's an yeah, that's an interesting choice. Maybe they're trying to get ahead of the uh, adults' play two curve. You know? Yeah, perhaps. It's Steven Spielberg's involved. And I, I, if you know, if, I don't know if you look at that ad, like it's that's it's got some ET vibes as far yeah, as the, the, the poster does. goes. Definitely. So yeah, I think they're trying to play off ET a little with the design of that. You know, so that's interesting. After that, we get some subscribe to Game Pro action and that tired-ass dodgeball ad, and that takes us to Cutting Edge. As teased on the cover, they are telling us all about NEC's answer to the Game Boy, the Turbo Express handheld. And I have never heard or seen anything on this in my entire fucking life, so it's relatively safe to say it didn't land as well as they might have hoped 
from a marketing uh, distribution perspective. And it's expected to drop in November. It's pretty pricey, 250 and even more than the TurboGrafx home console at the time, which was was priced at 189 So, Ooh. you know, that's expensive. But this bad boy, as far as the technical specs go, has a backlit color screen, can be turned into a TV with an $80 tuner add-on. It's about the same size and dimensions as a Game Boy, which I think, you know, uh, is better than the Game Gear in that regard. It's not even out yet because it's just more portable and I think a better dimension and here's the real fucking kicker that blows me away it plays the home console turbo chip cards so it's completely interchangeable you you don't need to buy separate games and that seems like a huge savings you know what i mean as far as i remember hearing about this and thinking it was amazing as a kid but it was kind of one of those things like i don't have the money for that i don't buy those games that system like it sounds awesome but I, yeah, what do you want me to do? You know, I like I'm 10. <laughs> like I said, like, I, the, the, I cannot stress enough. The only memory I have of TurboGrafx-16 in my entire childhood is a kid in the lunchroom in like third or fourth grade that had Bonk's Adventure, like the card. He had the game with him. Mm. And I remember looking at it, and it's like a little card, and just thinking to myself like, Get the, what the fuck is that? And like end of end of memory, <laughs> end of end of memory. You know, like that's it. That's the only TurboGrafx. Just like wow. no, no. Uh, well, we've already talked how you lived in a sheltered gaming. Studio. <laughs> that's like you true. missed out on some things. That's true. That's true <laughs> enough. It was definitely all Nintendo all the time. That's fair. So they say it looks and plays great. It has three to five hours of battery life on Eek six triple A's or double A's rather, which is way better if true than the yet to be released Game Gear battery reputation. So even though that's a lot of batteries, but it does have better battery life. And I don't know, man. Like I don't get why this didn't get any traction at all. If if this like, all if all the above is true, I just don't. I just can't understand how this well, wasn't. The turbo Turbo Graphics. If that had had wider acceptance, I think you would have seen this right potentially. You know, because it's kind of like. It's it's one of those things to me. Like I said, it's it sounds amazing, looks graphically great, but at the same time, like at the time, I'm thinking Nintendo is the greatest. That's where all the games and everything is. This looks great, right? But it's more and you just money. said you just said it in there. It's software. Yeah. It's because it's because software drives yeah. console sales. Like That's I don't why. know what amazing games it had. Like it's like the Jaguar, like the you know Atari Lynx, those things. Like they they looked great. But graphically what do, what, what do i do with that <laughs> yeah, exactly. like i wanted one it looked great but like i never saw anything else about it and it was i went back to playing nintendo or <laughs> yeah right right go back to that. <laughs> yeah that's all true but still yeah just it sounds awesome yeah definitely do then after that we get that wacky ass thumb condom man and that gets us to hot at the arcades where they're covering williams's smash tv and konami's aliens and i have Legitimately nothing to say about either of those. I've never seen them. In the, <laughs> never seen them in the wild in my entire life. Have you ever played really? Of those games? Yeah, I've seen Smash TV, and I was just like, I know yeah, Smash TV on time. NES. I don't. I'm, I can't remember ever seeing it in, the, in an arcade. Yeah, no. Then we get a full pager proving the claim will license absolutely anything. This instance being Bigfoot <laughs> and the monster truck, of course. I mean, not the ape going through the woods. And this dropped in July, so we have a game ep eligible release on our hands here. And this is, 
Yeah, I wrote this. Not read my notes. So this I got. This is not Bigfoot the Missing Link Primate. It's Bigfoot the King of Monster Trucks. <laughs> my note here. And the ad is basically just one huge live action photo of the big blue truck popping a wheelie as it tramples numerous cars below it. And they have a couple screenshots that seem to imply there's more than one game mode and a handful of extreme passages of marketing copy. Crash and bash your way to the finish line. Go head-to-head in the mud race, car crunch, and other monster truck events. Which, yes, had me thinking minigame city, and that scared me, to say the least. Yeah, hard pass. You did, did you not play it? I definitely did not play this, because I recall this being one of those games that has pretty font, you know, attractive, and it's like, oh, eye-catching, but at the same time, I'm not a Bigfoot type of person. I'm just <laughs> yeah. kind of like... Yeah, I, I, I didn't even think to delve into that. Yeah, I didn't. I was also not... <laughs> I had a Bigfoot power wheel. I had yeah. that power wheel. That's that with the Bigfoot license power wheel. I had that one, and I love the fuck out of it for sure. But it did, yeah, the like fact the that it was one that you ride in. Yeah, the power. Yeah, power oh, wheel. Of course man, you one did. That, you that would be freaking amazing. Like I would. Yeah, no, it was, that was every it was kid's fucking dream. incredible. Yeah, no, it was I, unbelievable. I take, you know what? Everything you've ever said about your childhood is all like. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. That means you had the, no, most, see, the best childhood I, ever. I have. I have never. Uh, I would never purport. That I did not have toys. I was given. I I I was well taken care of on the toy front. I got a lot of what I wanted, and even a lot that like I didn't. Even, I don't even remember asking for that. That was just like some shit that showed up that my dad probably thought was cool. That I remember, you know. Uh, and yeah, my, my grandma on my dad's side spoiled the shit out of me too. Like you know, yeah, I had plenty of toys. All the things wrong with my the dream toy that I never had. That's yeah, all, the, yeah. all, the, all the things wrong with my childhood had nothing to do with material <laughs> things. It was other stuff. <laughs> but yeah, it was fucking cool for sure. I remember, yeah, they had like these bad. I remember like you had to charge the like he had this like battery charger and it was like a fucking you had to like it had like oh, jumper yeah, cables Mike. that he had to charge it with. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the real deal, dude. It was it was a serious thing. I mean, yeah, it's honestly. I mean, I don't know. It's not. It's you know, it probably only goes like four miles an hour or something. But like, it's it seems like my memory of it seems so much more dangerous than right. it probably is for. A ch- but even if like, I don't feel like the, these are not things we're giving children today, is it? Like, do, do your kids have? Oh, any they power? definitely still have them. I mean, uh, my do, kids don't have them, but they definitely still make them. Do they 100%. still? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well. I guess yeah, whatever. Even even if even even if that's not like you know, kids used to fucking ride their those shitty big wheels and shit like off ramps and stuff. Like, oh like, yeah, like, I like, yeah. love the big wheel. That was awesome. Yeah, that was like the next best thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I had a Batman big wheel maybe when I was a kid. Uh, anyhow, the yeah, this so I did fire this up. It's it's not nearly the trash fire a licensed Bigfoot title from Acclaim could have been. <laughs> I, I will say that like it's the like the first mini game and like I you know it doesn't. Whereas, like, Skate or Die that we'll get to, like, Skate or Die allows you to choose your minigame. This kind of seemed like it kind of railroaded you into a, a minigame sequence, you know? Which, I don't know whether that's good or bad. It's hard to say. I don't know. I didn't play it enough to really decide that. But the first one it put me into was a head-to-head vertical racing game with one other monster truck. And, to be totally honest, it was enjoyable. Like, you're... It was a little weird in that you're straight top down and there is some like jumping and stuff. So you don't have an ability to gauge your relative, your monster truck, your horizontal or sorry, vertical, uh, 
whatever movement, you know. So it's just kind of like your sprite gets a little bigger and smaller, which I guess is a is a good way to portray that on an old NES game. But it was just a little weird that it didn't have some level of angle to it, so you could feel that, you know, a little more. But yeah, I mean, you're racing with one, and like there's, you know, it's like fucking through this like muddy course that you two are like fucking each other up and stuff. It was actually kind of enjoyable. And then the second one they put me in was a side view race of some kind that I could not even kind of figure out how to get started. It was not just <laughs> it was not just a hold a button thing. I have no fucking idea how it works. What so, do you mean there's two buttons on the controller? Now. Right. I, have, I don't know what you have to hit. I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't get my truck to go. So clearly a manual approval is required and I did not put that level of effort into it. So, you know. Maybe if you did that, there's a game here. I don't know. Like I said, the one thing I did, I was able to engage, was kind of enjoyable. And I think Matt Gould on the on the Facebook page was saying that he this was a game that he had fond memories of too. So maybe there's something there. I don't know, dude. Every if it's when it comes to the Nintendo or the Super Nintendo, which I side note rant heard someone call a a youngin. I will say call the Super Nintendo a SNES the other day and I was like you you can write SNES but you don't call it SNES like what are you talking about <laughs> you've committed retro gaming crimes uh, um, uh, I think some people are calling it SNES so that, that's oh, a thing some no. people are calling it I, I think I think you're looking at the uh, at, there may, this may be the first time in the history of this podcast that this is coming from me to you, but I think you're looking at this in a pessimistic manner Jay oh, I think I think so you should be embracing the fact that a a youngin even knows what the fucking SNES is. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. When I look at games like this, and when it comes to to my original point, the Nintendo or the Super Nintendo, if it's not certain games that I know and enjoy, like I'm automatically, in certain genres, I'm automatically dismissing them. And like racing. racing yeah. Anything with a car, that there's a definitive hearing system in my mind below which everything else is like nope this is in the sweep it under the rug category yeah a, a glass there's a glass ceiling there's a glass ceiling on jay's corporate hierarchy of, of old school racing games <laughs> meaning i've been through so many of them like I, I one of these days i'm gonna sit down and like compare like what haven't i actually ever played because there's so many of them i, I feel like i have very much that, 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 would, that would be a, I, I love checklists and <laughs> and taking the NES I even tried to do that there was like some of those early I think I talked about this maybe that that was a pack watch that insert in oh yeah yeah uh that ins- the, yeah the insert book with the 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 what is it like pink and black cover in I think my, that Super Mario issue the one that was my first like I remember taking that out and like I said starring the games yeah it was like yeah uh, I have I have tried to do that as a child before but yeah that would be a fun activity to take the full seven hundred whatever it is NES licensed games list and go through and kind of figure that out you know uh, and actually to know to, even even if only to know the that's a fun infographic usage of that overpriced infographic software that I purchased <laughs> uh, like what portion of the the library you have played, haven't played, never will play. <laughs> you know, like by like that would, that would be a fun little fucking um, data dive. The ISOH S tier S NES list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 like they're doing for Quarterbacks, right? Yeah. So that hot ass two banger for Bonk's Adventure gets us to the NES Pro Views, and the first of those is an unorthodox three pager on all Nintendo related skater die titles. The first two on NES and the Game Boy release. And 
This is Ultras, uh, or rather Ultras or Konami's if you want it that way. First installment has been out since at least January 89, maybe even late 88. Conflicting internetary on that. But I don't recall us talking about it in depth yet. Is that How is that possible? I feel like that game was everywhere. Have we talked about it and I'm just spacing? or I don't. I don't think we actually talked about it. I mean, I, I was thinking the same thing when I first saw this. I was like, I mean, I, clearly they're going all in for Skate or Die, but bringing up the old, old one here. Right. I've, yeah, I it's mean, been, I, I mean, that's been yeah, out. We for, I don't think we officially talked about it, though. Yeah, but the idea that eight months could go by without that happening seems crazy to me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> or eight months to of, me, eight, eight months of magazines, me, I mean. It was like, they felt like they needed to do a better, better game with Skate right. or Die, too. Or, Not necessarily like this was like a great game that there needed to be a sequel. Well, oh, yeah, like, no, th- this, this is, yeah, this is very much probably a function of the new one coming out shortly, you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's like the idea of, Oh, remember this one? How about this new one too? You know, you know that kind of idea. <laughs> and I, I did, I don't, I can't remember what the, I don't know if I even wrote down what the game boy, I don't know when the game boy release was, but it's also maybe probably happening around now. So it's, you know, it's, it's probably, that's probably the impetus for covering this here. But again, it's more about just that it has, it, I don't know. I just find it surprising that it hadn't been covered and we haven't talked about it yet, if that's the case. If I'm not just spacing and we're old and we don't remember, which is possible. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, this game isn't good, in my opinion. I don't think I thought any different of it when I was a kid. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It, it just, it never was. I remember even renting it. And like the, and because it was like skateboarding was a vibe at the time. Like the skateboarding was a whole fucking thing. It was, in a, few, eight, it was a full on culture. Right, exactly. In 89, 90. And that did not, I never would call myself truly participatory in it, but that doesn't mean I wasn't aware of and uh, not not uh, not idolize. What's that called? Not, not idolizing it, but uh, grandized it in my mind, and and you know had aspirations to whatever. Like that was a, a social circle that was interesting to me for sure. You know, so um, I did. I remember reading it, like wanting to like it, and just like ah, these all these these mini games suck. <laughs> yeah, it's it. I put it in the category when I'm for, when I'm thinking about things like in the past of like, or I I should put it in that category of like, uh, was Paperboy and like some skiing games where like it seems like a good idea and I want to like it and then when I play it I'm just like I no it's just not oh man you know I just can't get into it. it it's kind of one of those to me where I like it like it like you said it's like a genre in and of itself for some reason but then I play it and I either it's either works or it doesn't and this one it just doesn't I I can I can get into paperboy being a genre of itself but I cannot get into the slander for it <laughs> that's a good game paperboy is a great game yeah I mean it like that's that's more niche this is kind of just like yeah it just doesn't it doesn't it, it's not like the later I can't remember the game off the top of my head now, but there's like a, I don't think it's Tony Hawk, but there's definitely like a skateboard game in one of the later generations that I played that was very fun, you know, on like something I wouldn't have expected. Maybe it's like the PS1 or PS2 or something or GameCube. I don't know what it was, but Tony, Tony I, Hawk was certainly great. But yeah, but like coming back to these, it's just, it's not the same thing. It's not the same. What is your skateboarding history? Jay? <laughs> Dude, I had a yellow slim skateboard growing up and that's pretty much it like i tried it you know i would i tried it i had it definitely was not a skateboarder (laughs) not like trying to do tricks it was just kind of like oh i have this thing let me try it out it's like nope i'm not good (laughs) that's kind of similar yeah i don't even remember 
Like, it might have just been at the house when we moved into. When, when I lived with my mom briefly after the divorce, before she died, I remember just having one there. And I remember, like, I recall putzing back and forth on a flat cement slab in the backyard <laughs> on it. And I think that's as, as adventurous as I ever got. Like, I could perceive, even at age 10, I could perceive bopping around on asphalt as a self-detrimental activity that I did not need to be oh, yeah. doing. You know, it was like, I, my self-preservation instinct is very strong. And, like, I, it just seemed like, you know, it's like, I don't, I won't, skiing to me is like, that's an insane activity. That's rocketing down a fucking snow-covered hill with very little ability to control yourself is is idiocy to me. <laughs> like, going skating, like a skating rink, is fun to me because, like, you have a smooth surface and a controlled environment. Like, right, it's a blast. Right. Yeah, but I roller skated my when, ass off as a kid. When, completely when different. I can't, even believe you're, I can't even believe you're putting those <laughs> well, no, in the same. Like, those no, are completely no, no, different but activities. I'm saying, in a rink, yeah, great. Right. But, like, it's the same thing as a kid when I skated and roller skated in my on my street in freaking Columbus, Ohio, Definitely uneven pavement. Like, it was a cause for concern. Like, right. Right, injuries right. happening. It's yeah, like, right. I mean, yeah, like, like you know, <laughs> like, I, the, the idea of, like, riding down a fucking hill on a skateboard is insane. Like, that is absolutely <laughs> insane. Broken. Yeah, yeah. Just absolutely insane behavior. <laughs> the idea that kids, that's crazy as fuck. Jab's fucking, he's still just, I think he just recently stopped because his, his body is at the end of its rope. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's been he, and I don't even the weird thing I don't he wasn't a skateboarder as a kid. That was something he got into after I left for sure, you know. So it had to be he had to be at least probably 15 or 16 before he even started doing it. They never once saw him on a skateboard when I still lived in Overland. So I don't know when it happened to him, but it had to be pretty later and, you know, relatively later in childhood early adulthood. So I don't know when it happened, but yeah, he's always talked about it and you know, he always talks about it like getting hurt doing it too and i'm just like why are you doing it you idiot <laughs> it's fucking stupid like why if you know it's dangerous and you are getting hurt because you're not good enough at it or whatever like that's crazy that's crazy behavior <laughs> just fucking destroy your body for i don't know like, i get you know you something you enjoy and like it helps you feel fucking alive whatever like you do not all human beings have the same self-preservation fucking instincts, I suppose, uh, as far as that goes, and they <laughs> prioritize enjoyment of the of the world more. But it's just crazy, dude. Yeah, it's fucking absolutely nuts to me. Yeah, it's oh, great. Uh, not the only thing he and I are diametrically opposed on, I suppose. Uh, so I fired it up, and despite knowing it wasn't necessary, or rather, I fired it up despite knowing it wasn't necessary. And I, I find all five of the mini games completely unplayable. <laughs> like all five of them are just like. No fun. I can't even play them. Like, they're not even playable. Like, the joust thing, I have never once hit the opponent on that joust, the pool thing with the joust sticks. I've never once successfully knocked the opponent down. And, you know, I don't know how many times I've played it. Because, like I said, this is not a great game. But there's at least a rental in there. It's the kind of game that you every now and again will be going through your emulation list. Like, eh, Maybe. <laughs> you know, because it is such an interesting world, but no, terrible. You're getting in there and you're like, oh, that's why I don't. Yeah, yeah, yep, fucking terrible. That, yeah, it's <laughs> absolutely fucking terrible. The MSRP is thirty nine ninety five, and yeah, I'll be patiently waiting for Skier Die, which is a much, 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 much yes. better mini game collection. I think that's also the problem too. I, I in my mind, I think of the like I said, the ski or something. Then it's like, yeah. okay, you know, there's some that can be really well done. Yeah, that one was. It's much better. It's it's the same exact concept. And 
so similar in mechanics too, but it's just, yeah, it looks better. It plays better. It's just, it's just better. Which, you know, it's years later, it makes sense. The sequel, which Electronic Arts is hanging on to and publishing themselves this time instead of licensing it out, which is w- what happened with the, the first one, the, and that's the first time they're doing any publishing themselves on the NES, is called The Search for Double Trouble. And it's not out till September, so we're still holding off on it. But it's like a side-scrolling deal, and it doesn't look great. And that's actually what the Game Boy version looks like, too, a side-scrolling action platformer. And, yes, yeah. on a skateboard, and that does not sound like fun. Makes no. me, it, gives me, it gives me Adventure Island flashbacks, which is also a terrible game. <laughs> oddly enough, the Game Boy version looks familiar. Like, I tried it for some reason, and I was just really? like, yeah, like what? Like it immediately gives me like I had an ara- a, an immediate reaction. Like, just see the label. Like, like oh, I remember. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't actually. I don't think I remembered it. Yeah, when I saw that there was a Game Boy version, I was like, I don't think I knew that existed. So I don't. I'm pretty sure we didn't. We didn't get any exposure to that as tots. From there, we get Al Unser Jr.'s Turbo Racing full pager that gets us to ISOH Game Up alum Captain Skyhawk's Pro View. And they seem pretty even keel on their take of it. MSRP is forty four ninety five, Not great, but not terrible, which is probably kind of what we said, too. And that goofy but intriguing 7-Up branded content strategy game from Arcadia, Spot, is next. And we'll never play it to know, especially the way it's intended as a four-player NES satellite jam. But I bet this defies all odds and is fun as fuck, dude. Like That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Agreed. I agree. Yeah. I think if you, you put four fucking kids... Or even, I think even you could get into teenagers or adults doing this, because this is like a party game, kind of. You know, this yeah. is the this is a Mario Party predecessor in in, in in spirit, you know. And you put them all there with four controllers in their hand, and they're drinking and fucking around and, like, hanging out. Like, I think this could be a really fun group activity, you know. Yep. But I question whether we'll ever have that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. But I do have an NES satellite. <laughs> so the MSRP on this is forty four ninety nine, and that seems a little pricey for what it is, despite the aforementioned faith in it. But what have you? Codename Viper and shitty NES peripheral omitted ads get us to a one pager on an Activision title called Thunderbirds. Never heard of it. Dropped in September. It is a top down, vertically scro- scrolling, flying shmup. Oh joy. <laughs> <laughs> After that, we have cool ads for shitty games. We have Kemco Seika's Rocket Ranger, Vic Tokai's Mafat Conspiracy, more Vic Tokai action from that Game Boy joint Dedalian Opus that includes a pretty amazing tournament contest where they're staging like a play uh, tournament thing that had trips to Disneyland and all sorts of free shit, including NES action sets, and that is a cool prize, of course. We also get that creepy-ass Lightboy ad from Vic after the last NES Pro View for JVC's Boulder Dash, and the MSRP on that is a very fair and amicable That is the Populous, maybe the main gameplay theme, I'm not entirely sure, for the Genesis. And we fittingly kick off our Genesis Pro Views with a two-banger on EA's Bodokan. And I love the opening paragraph of this article. <laughs> and it reads as such, You beat bad dudes, 
Wasted Double Dragon 1 and 2, and out ninja'd Shinobi and Revenge of Shinobi. Maybe you've even wiped up the streets with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So what do you know about martial arts? Nothing. As, <laughs> as Tobiko Sensei would say, you fight like a headless chicken. <laughs> and yeah, I just I just love them rattling off those ninja options, then saying they're nothing by comparison. That's that's hot copywriting. <laughs> definitely definitely a challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very strong. Very strong. And this isn't coming out for a while, some indeterminate time in ninety one, but in poking around for that, I saw a real bummer because like I said, I was kinda the copy had me a little jazzed here, and I was completely unfamiliar with it. But the December 91 issue of GamePro cited this game as one of the worst games of the entire year of 1991. <laughs> <laughs> the, the editors criticized the game for its bland gameplay and unrealistic simulation of the bow. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> sad emoji on that. I, you know, I was definitely looking at this going... I bet this has dope ass simulation of the bow. <laughs> you know, that's definitely that's what that's what endeared me to the article here and and potentially the game. I mean, the fact that I've never heard of this game. Yeah, I, yeah, like I said, I and, and you know this is ninety one. Like that's that's about when the Genesis was happening for me. So and like EA was a thing to me. Like you know, I had like I was I, I there was something about me that that really liked those EA. The, the way the boxes were different, the way the game carts were different, like EA games were, a, uh, for Genesis was very much a thing to me mm. because of how different they were. And yeah, the fact, I, you know, I didn't even know about this. It's kind of crazy to me. But yeah, that, that take is funny to me because most of the words in this feature are praising the attention to detail and realism in the portrayal of martial arts in the game. So the fact that the criticism after release is exactly the opposite of that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Proof they're just making shit up to fill a magazine with, probably. <laughs> yeah, we take we take it as gospel, and it's like, nah. <laughs> After that is a fun Game Boy Batman ad, and that quick shot Python full pager that get us to a couple of pages that round out their two issue coverage of Moonwalker, and they uh, like trying <laughs> trying to read the text against this background felt like trying to do a magic eye to me. Like this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> horrible it does. design. Like, it was so fucking get real yeah. close. <laughs> yeah, like ah, one eye. Like sit back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That, I, I do not think of myself as having vision issues or color contrast issues. Like I don't color blindness, not a thing. But looking at this, I was like, what the fuck does that say? <laughs> I mean, it looks nice. Color. Co- very colorful, you know. They win yeah, yeah. It is. It is attention garnering for sure. It may be even fitting for the game, but really hard to read. <laughs> they let the cat out of the bag about the end of the game mode switch up, and I fucking hate that they did that here. Mm. Yeah. They do point out that Mike oversaw all aspects of the game, and it reflects that in its uniqueness and originality. So I like that analysis. But yeah, I really fucking hated that they they put that there. Yeah. So I, I you kind of, there's part of me though that wants to blame Sega for that too. Not them. But do you think it was their choice or Sega's choice here? Well, it's their choice, but I think it's Sega's job to provide a press kit, a media that kit. Shit down. Right, yeah. that that keeps it in line with what the manual did, not mentioning it. You know what I mean? Which, I, which like, we when we did cover the game, I think we both talked about that. How I, I think that was deliberate in not putting that there. And yep. it's, it's their job to convey that, I think, in dealing with the press. So, yeah, not not unlike the fact that they have no MSRP for any fucking Genesis game. Sega's fucking press 
department. Probably not great. Probably yep. one one part time <laughs> intern doing all their fucking U.S. marketing <laughs> relations. Uh, he's out so. there like, yo, can I get eight dollars an hour? Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the reason I'm late is because I have to take the bus. How about a little more money? <laughs> <laughs> Next is an NES, NCS rather, corporation, which is a great video game developer company name. And right there, I fucked it up. You know, it's not even like, just, I, that was not deliberate. That just happened because dumbass name. Anyways, it's developed by them and DreamWorks published. And this game is Target Earth. DreamWorks is the outfit that brought us that Gangbusters release, Shove It, the warehouse game. This has no release date to be found beyond 1990, but it hit in Japan in March. So safe to assume it's outish here in August. And I didn't remember it, but we have seen it before. I thought I was like doing a new game here, and I fired it. It up looks different, like the yeah. background, like the art, kind of throws you off because I thought <laughs> the same thing. I was like, "Have we heard of this before?" Yeah. But now, yeah, it is that marginally intriguing side-scrolling action platformer in a mech suit deal with kind of like some goofy copy stuff going on that made it, yeah, like kind of interesting. But mm, when you fire it up, it's kind of like uh, no. maybe. I don't want to really keep playing this. Yeah, right. Maybe 30 <laughs> years ago, you'd have had me, but 2022, <laughs> no. <laughs> After that, we have basketball. Oh, God damn it. Fucking out, out of podcast sorts. Not, not, not in the groove. Got to get back in shape. Yeah, I got to. Like, work yeah. it up. No! Yeah, I got to. Got to get back in podcast shape. Pat Riley Basketball is the last Genesis Pro View, but as we touched on in Mailbag, it's not out till Christmas. And it's the only Genesis <laughs> game in here with an MSRP, forty nine ninety five. so they were able to convey that one. So start saving kids, you got four months. <laughs> the major Genesis spread of the month comes next, this time featuring Moonwalker with the teaser page, A Very Lean Genesis Does, which leads to, logically, what Nintendo don't. And I love their closing boast copy at the end of the blurb. And from the moment you hit the start button, you know one thing for sure. You can't do this on Nintendo. <laughs> I love the direct attack ads. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you didn't often see that. It was more like, yeah. at the time, it seemed like everything was much more like, this is our brand. This is what the other guys do. Like, yep. blank that, brand. That's such this a good just, way to put it. That's, yeah, know? like like McDonald's. Did. Yeah, dude, I remember, it's funny you say that, because like, I do have this very specific memory of those Pepsi ads that started attacking Coke. And that was like they they it was like I think they started doing it on like a Super Bowl, one of the one of the Bill Super Bowls actually Super like Bowl that. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like I remember like thinking like wow, that's wild that they're just like saying they suck. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's crazy. not legitimately way this has been done before. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You saw have broken the cooth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it did very much stood out to even my idiot child mind like whoa. <laughs> So this is actually a four-banger this time, too. Uh, previously, they've been three-pagers, and the they added a page titled Genesis Does It All that showcases what is probably a sizable percentage of the game catalog at the time. It's got 25 oh, titles yeah. here. Lots and a lot... <laughs> What's that? It said lots of titles. Yes, Very for well. sure. And a lot of it is Old Guard, but they have some shit here that we could still kick around for a game app. Truxton, uh, Rambo 3, Ghostbusters 2 is here. And then there is one completely new one that dropped in June. Cyberball. This is from Atari, under the Tengen banner, and it's a robot American football game that began as an arcade cabinet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even see that one. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, it's tucked down there. Yeah, we, yeah, we have not seen this anywhere else. So, yeah, like, you know, I was doing my due diligence, and I was like, 
that's okay, what is that? And I didn't have the ROM, which made me rejoice inside because that means I didn't play it and it sucked and I forgot about it. So yeah. got the ROM, fired it up. The title screen reads Cyberball, football in the 21st century, before cutting to an informational screen that seems really important. And this screen reads, beware of ball status. That's the headline. And then below that, critical ball will explode. (laughs) It then shows a four-stage flowchart of the status progression, cool, warm, hot, critical. And then it says, to defuse, cross the 50-yard line or the goal line. And I was already in love. <laughs> like, Okay, so you go from that, and you're presented with a menu first. Its options are league, password, versus, and an options menu that allows you to change the difficulty level. And has a sound test feature that allows me to highlight what an oh, what is an awesome soundtrack. And my favorite from that is the standings theme, which plays while you review the standings in league mode. A lot of dope ones in here, though, and some great voice samples on game events. Tutty, safety, conversions, they have voice samples for all that shit. Really, really good. So going back to the menu, we have League Mode, and that is hot. In 1990, just getting some half-cooked playoff mode is much more likely than a full season. That's why Tecmo Super Bowl coming out next year was such a big deal, because you have a full season mode, you know. So we're getting into it a little early here, and I don't think even Joe Montana, I'm pretty sure, did not have a season mode. I believe it just had some kind of playoff deal. So this this might be the first game with a season mode on home consoles as far as American football goes. And that's pretty wild. But, um, yeah, it's, it's worth mentioning too. Yes, children, there's a time when our football video games did not have a never-ending franchise mode. Like, being able to play like a real football simulation of any kind was not always present in, in home console gaming. But... They have that, and then they have a versus mode, and I smell a parsec opportunity there, Jay. So a lot of promise in the setup. Is the gameplay good? And it's very basic on the surface. It's 7 on 7, not 11 on 11, which had me a little worried at first when I first got into the game. And the play calling is fairly dumbed down. You have 12 plays on offense or defense, but they do at least, you get actual defensive concepts. It's not like Tecmo where you just where you try to guess the offense's play. You actually have defensive plays. That's also... A rather new thing. NES Play Action Football has that, but that's not out yet either. That comes out around Christmas, I think we decided, or maybe even early next year. But so this might be the first time you get defensive plays in a home console football game too. So a lot of fucking shit happening here. Mm-hmm. That's first for American football. But dude, this game is fun as fuck. I think you. So there's time constraints everywhere. Like there's no. Like the problem with some of these old football console games is they're kind of like they're too plotting and they're too they they worry too much about I don't know shit that's not important it's like it's why Tecmo's so much fun Tecmo has this like we're not there yet we can't give you a real simulation so stop trying you know what I mean even though I I respect NES play action's ability to be simulation-esque and it is a little plotting and that's why some people didn't like it as much I think but like this this goes into, leans into the arcade aspect of, like, keep it going, keep it fun, and, like, there's enough football shit there that it still looks and feels like it, but you're not slowed down and bored by the the dumb periphery shit that's not important, you know? So, yeah, so there's all these fucking time constraints. Like, you feel the, like, you have a you have a timer on your play pick stuff that were, you, it's so fast, dude, that you feel pressure. Like, I felt pressure picking a play. And I'm sure you played enough, you get a little more fast, but, I mean, it it's so fast that I think even after you played a lot, you're still always going to, like, because you have, you know, football is situational. You need to make situational decisions. It's not right. just, 
you can't just pick shit, you know, especially with this, the other time constraint of the ball exploding. Like, you have to get to the 50. So, like, how many yards do I need? I need 30 yards. I got to pick a play that's going to give me 30 yards. I not, you know what I mean? And, like, that time constraint, I think, will always be there with the play picking. So, that's cool. And then it took me to realize it, like, even, like, yeah, that, that 50, like, I read that informational screen and got into the gameplay and started playing and still expected to see downs. And, like, I'm playing I'm going. And then I realize as I'm playing that there are no downs. Ten yards means nothing. Like, you need to get to the 50 in four downs. Or not four downs, but before the – it's not – it doesn't even use downs. It doesn't even have downs. So it's the, the ball progressively gets hotter. And there's no – I'm not sure if there's – maybe there is a, very, a semi-dependable – like number of plays or something that, or time or something that like you can, I didn't know what it was. I wasn't able to ascertain what it was, but you got to get to the 50 and like you see the ball stat is going and like, again, you feel it like, fuck, I got to get to the 50. Or then once you pass the 50, you got to score a touchdown. And like, that is just so fucking fun. And if you take too long to do either, the fucking ball explodes <laughs> and, and you lose possession. Like you lose, people die, players die and you lose possession. And it's just, it's just like, so great, so so great, and like the 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 CPU's first possession. So I'm playing on defense for the first time, and I got them to critical status on the ball, getting to the fifty. And when they converted and got across the fifty, like I felt genuinely disgruntled. So like it it gives you that like again that just like emotional response that you want out of any any sort of media you know so it does a good job of getting that you know which is really great and they even rub it in they have instant replay so like when he got the when he crossed the 50 yard line and converted they showed you an instant replay of it you know to even rub it in which is great 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 yeah dude it it's fucking amazing i think it's an incredibly incredibly fun game like i was blown away by how much fun i was having immediately and there's some lightweight, like with the season mode, there's uh, some lightweight robot upgrade aspects before the game starts. Kind of reminded me a little bit of Base Wars on NES, if you've ever played mm-hmm. that, which is a pretty fun baseball game. Which is kind of like, it's not like a really intense development tree or anything. There's just kind of some light stuff you can buy to improve certain parts of your team. So, you know, there's an in-game economy. where you, you earn money as you play. So there's an in-game economy to making your team better and then in turn having some, you know, development to your season. So that's pretty fucking cool, man. And the, absolutely something to talk about here as far as sports games go. So uh, you did not play it? I you did didn't not see play it, it, right? I didn't even see uh, it, yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, it's it's uh, absolutely. You got to take a look at it. Like, you know, whether, <laughs> whether it rings is true for No, it for looks you. interesting. It looks like it's like a kind of gives me like super early before the times NFL blitz type of vibes so very much so like I mean it, it may be a, a more time relevant comparison mutant league football which is a Genesis game that I will fucking be screaming from the rooftops about when we get there uh, <laughs> really really good game where yeah it's essentially Madden but with a bunch of cool ass arcade functions to it Really good. So, yeah, I was impressed as hell and so glad that I didn't just gloss over that list of 24 other games that we've seen a million that times. That we've already yeah. seen. Yeah, 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 over and over. So, yep. should get a podcaster due diligence award for, for <laughs> clocking that. So, we'll probably never see it again. <laughs> right? The fact that they just buried it there. I'm like, yeah. it means that they didn't believe a whole lot, but they had an imbalanced number of squares there. Like, let's just... <laughs> uh, that one, I guess. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We get our token SMS ProView next, and it's on Aerial Assault. 
came out at some miscellaneous time in 1990, so we'll call it fair game as far as game up status goes. And it's a very straightforward side-scrolling flying shmup in a modern fighter jet. And it's good, Jay. Have you played it? I think we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it, it controlled well. It looks solid by SMS standards, and it was probably a welcome addition to any kid stuck with an SMS stills library. I mean, I don't know. like Maybe if you have nostalgia feelings for it, but as a, as a grown man playing an SMS port right now, there are many other flaws. Well, that's not that's not how we look at this. We're not we're not doing it from a modern perspective. It oh like you, you have to you have to put it in the, the, the context of the SMS. I mean I thought, you know, the first level looked a little basic. You're flying over a lot of water heading towards the battleship mission objective laid out for you. You know, like you have this static cockpit screenshot before the level starts and then whatever. But the the screenshots in the mag show a pretty diverse and interesting array of level types in the game. You know, so you're you're changing areas and stuff. I mean, again, like, dude, flying shmup. Like, I'm not here on some fucking like uh, <laughs> crusade. I'm not on some fucking flying shmup crusade or anything here. You should know that out of me. Uh, I, I I look at these with a pretty grading from a pretty grading perspective. But I thought for the system and the genre, if you're into I don't them, know. I think <laughs> part of my problem is the genre. Like, I like obviously flying shooters, but this is more of just like a, I don't know. It's not fantasy enough to be like cool flying, and not like real enough to be like war. Fly. It's kind of like real but not fun. I don't know how to describe. It. You know, like there's nothing exciting about the flying experience. That sure. No, and I said I said you know I said that it it looks a little basic. Uh, you know, yeah. The, the, but but that's that's mess. You know. Like. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> if, I, if I had an SMS. Yeah. And you gave me this game and this is all I had, like, sure, I'd probably be fine just doing that, you know. But it's given the specter of flying shooters out there, I'm like, this they they didn't yeah. really they just kinda of went well, this, of, yeah, this late, the there. Yeah, this yeah. late in, in the timeline for sure. This you know, if this drops early SMS or earlier SMS clear, clearly at least before the Genesis comes out. <laughs> then maybe, but we get into TurboGrafx joints from there, Devil's Crush and Splatterhouse. And Devil's Crush is a sweet-ass pinball game that we saw a long time ago and I was able to try before my TurboGrafx simulation situation went awry on my laptop. I actually was able to. I mentioned fucking with the... I played it a little bit on the plane ride, too, on the on that handheld uh, because I had all the all the ROMs that I downloaded. I, I dropped on there before I left. So I was able to fuck with it a little bit, and it is still fun and cool. And then the other one here is Splatterhouse, and this is a franchise that will eventually make its way to Genesis. Jab had the third installment, but I've never fucked with this first game. And that's probably a sadly thing. I need to change that now that I, that, that I think about it, and I have that emulation thing. When I, did, when I wrote these notes, I did not have that new emulator yet, so I will actually have to make a note to download this and play it on there because, yeah, the the... I bet it's good. The it's it's a side scroll and beat 'em up. At least the third and second ones were on Genesis. I'm assuming this first one is too, based on the stuff here. Uh, it's a side scroll and beat 'em up where you can control a Jason Voorhees ripoff in a horror themed environment. So it's like it's very gruesome and bloody, you know. And and the graphics on the on the third one on Genesis look great. Some of this game, this game doesn't get. I don't know. It's expensive, so I think it's a little rare. Like I've looked at trying to cop yeah. the third cartridge. On uh, to to re- as a childhood reclamation thing, and it, it's pretty pricey, so I haven't done it yet. Um, and I like I feel like it gets a little bit of shit, like they're not that great at games, but I don't see how that's possible. Like my memory of it, and even the emulation I've done of it, like it's again know, for man. for that genre, it's great. It's really good, but it's also sixty two dollars. 
$62 for a rip-off character. Like, I'm almost, like, a, I'm almost highbrow, nose-up offended as a... Well, dude, all that shit, all that NSE... I'm just kind of like, this is, yeah. this is bullshit. What is this game? That what is, is this game you have bought and put That is a very high MSRP. I will agree. <laughs> but that's all that NSE... That's how we said. The NSE... NSE that's, that was the problem. That was one of the major problems. The NSE... Uh, the Turbo Graphics was not a poor kid's console. <laughs> you had to be a rich kid, or that was not is not it wasn't even going to be possible for you because yeah, you're just not. All that stuff was too expensive. But doesn't mean the game's not good. We have two full page ads accompanying those Boulder Dashes from JVC and a new one from Taxan. And the main event here is Low G Man for the NES. And I'm not all at all hip to this game, actually. It doesn't drop till next month, but the key art is very well done. It looks like a movie poster, you know? It's like kind of aloof and vague. <laughs> it's an all yellow background, just a name and some cool font, center mass, and a pair of legs with jet boots firing upward. So. I'm, you've piqued my interest. I'm listening. And judging by the copy here, that's the game's gimmick. It's low gravity and high jumping on a side-scrolling action game. So that's that's what that game's going to be about. So uh, we will see what happens with that. Taxan is not exactly a developer that has me all too confident. <laughs> they also have a small shot of a bunch of other titles, real small in the corner down below. And some of it we've seen, and they all suck. Mappy Land, Eight Eyes, Barai Fighter, like I said, Taxan, not good. But there's two that we haven't. One is Putt Master, which will be canceled and never released, which is a bummer because it sounds like Putt-Putt. And, <laughs> and then we have G.I. Joe, which won't be released until January 91, and under the surname A Real American Hero. There's a few good Joe games on the NES, and they're all thought of as good. So I look forward to getting to those. I'll sell you the whole seat, but you're only going to need the edge because we're at Jay's Atari Corner. <laughs> Motorcycle from Atari appears to be a forced perspective moto racer. Don't keep us in suspense, Jay. This is definitely a title you can miss 100%. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to racing on the good old Atari, like it's pole position, you know, pole position two. That's kind of like the racing game. This game is just, it's, yeah, it doesn't work. I mean, it's, it's later in the generation, but that doesn't really help. Like it's, I want to like it, but it, it suffers from everything else that you get for Atari. Like it's just kind of a choppier experience because you can't really yeah. have that like full speed, like, whoa, I'm actually racing. It right. just, I, I don't know. I mean, the jumping, like, you know, they kind of throw that in there, something different, because you're not just driving a car. But if you're stuck with this game, if you were stuck with this game as a kid, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I feel you. <laughs> it, yeah. is, it is what it is. Hopefully, you got a new game soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, the MSRP is only twenty four ninety nine. So, uh, yeah. if it's some level of like economy that your uh, your parents have you in. That's relative to the global video game buying landscape. Twenty four ninety nine is a pretty small uh, notch, and you should be coming up on a new game pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> that was the problem, though. It was like you would have these games so cheap, and the parent situation would be like, "Hey, look at this! Is it so much cheaper?" You're like, "But mom, but, but yeah. mom, I mean, yeah. but but mom, you don't understand. There's a reason." Yeah. <laughs> right, right, yeah. yeah, it looks to That's me like a very stripped down road rash. And I don't even see any opposing racers in the screenshots, and that is tough, you know. 
it's driving alone. Like there better be some really cool environmental s- With shit going on. a random obstacle here and yeah. there. I mean, the, the environment changes colors. You're in, you're in the sand, <laughs> or you're in the grass, or you're in the desert. What are you gonna do? A couple Game Boy Pro views finish us up on that front. We get heavyweight championship boxing and Gargoyles Quest, along with full pagers from Sunsoft and Koei. Sunsoft is for Journey to Silius. That's their new NES joint dropping in September. And Sunsoft is good. Kind of excited about that. Koai is for the Nobunga and company strategy games that they do. After these messages, we'll be right back. So, you want to know the story of Splatterhouse, the new horror video game for TurboGrafx-16? They say he stalks the old haunted mansion. They say he's looking for his girlfriend. They say his only weapon against the maggot-eaten ghouls who took her is a two-by-four. And you say you want to play this game? Splatterhouse. Only for the TurboGrafx-16 system from NEC. That is a U.S. market commercial for Splatterhouse and the TurboGrafx. And not sure I'd ever seen a TurboGrafx commercial before, and I think it looked really polished. Definitely better than the Sega commercials we're seeing at this time, in my opinion. i tell you. Commercials, system, graphics... Looked like solid adventure back in the day. Yeah. I just yeah. didn't get to take yeah, that. Yeah, game. it makes me wonder whether these just didn't play in Ohio, or did they play there but flew right by me? Because yeah, what the fuck is a TurboGrafx sixteen? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. So SWAT hot tips, five pages worth, are next, and there's more to talk about here than I usually am inclined to for this section. First off, the Wizards and Warriors sequel, Iron Sword, is here, and I'm pretty sure we talked about this a while back off some Nintendo Power Shine, but we haven't seen it in a while. And the first game app ever was Ghosts and Goblins, and we just revisited the franchise with the Ghouls and Ghosts game app. The second game app we ever did after this podcast was Wizards and Warriors. Hmm. Speaking of ghouls and ghosts, that makes an appearance here. It's a tip for the final boss battle against Loki, and it says you can stand on his feet and legs, safely of course, and just hammer his ass from there and take him out almost instantly, is how they worded it. And I never, yeah, I never would have guessed that you could touch any part of him safely. That's cool. You know? Yeah. I did not try that. I definitely did. I definitely was on his feet, but I, I, I didn't stay there. (laughs) <laughs> well you can jump up that's the thing you can jump up on his knees i think hmm. is what it's saying i mean you know? but i also was like on the feet right but like and i was able to like hack him down pretty well there but i also yeah. didn't stay because i was like she's gonna get me so i jumped yes, away yeah. eventually. i didn't try maybe that i could have stayed yeah. i didn't try that either that's or i wouldn't have tried that either rather <laughs> i didn't try anything <laughs> <laughs> And the Adventures of Link tip here is pretty fucking hot. It's got, or it's from Dan Johnson of Gloucester, Maine. And it's he's coming in here with an algorithm straight out of the fucking lab, dude. Did you see this one? This is so high octane to me for a kid. He's cooked up a leveling up cheese. Or I guess, I, I guess does it say he's a kid? Maybe he's not a kid. Either way, even adult, this is high octane. And he's cooked up a leveling up cheese where you clear out all the octrox in one of the random encounter swamps. And then you position yourself in a particular place in a way that holding attack on turbo will kill the constantly spawning flying enemy, orange birds called Mobies, right? So he goes on to propose 
So you can do this and basically not even pay attention is essentially what he's saying. You can go there, you can do this and just hold the attack button, and it'll just constantly kill a respawning thing. So you can level up without having to think, basically, right? It's he automatic. said, go buy a clamp. Yeah, 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 he says to go purchase a small C-clamp to keep the button depressed unattended and just walk away from the system, which is hilarious and brilliant. And I guess he didn't have one of my automatic potion-buying machines, which, bummer for him, but you can get a C-clamp too, I guess. <laughs> and this beautiful little psychopath even even provides the mathematics of his system, saying it generates roughly 58 XP per minute. And there is absolutely no fucking way Dan isn't a millionaire today. I'd be willing to wager. Or in jail. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe both. Very possibly both. <laughs> they're not, they're not, they're definitely, there's some Venn diagram overlap to those two things, no question. <laughs> Oh, that's great. And then there's a code to go straight to the last level on a new Genesis joint in here, too. Herzog's Way. And I haven't seen this before. I don't know if you ever noticed it. I had not. But it is developed by Technosoft. It's published by Sega. Dropped in April 1990. So, fair game. And I fired it up. Did you notice and try it? Absolutely not. No. no? It's, it's like a name I recognize. Like, I've seen it somewhere. But in one of those, like, I don't even know what this is. I've definitely never seen that. I feel like I've never seen that. Those words. So you just went. picked it up and played it. Yeah, so yeah. So I, I fired it up. Which is, again, it's due diligence. Trying to trying to cover all the bases, especially Genesis too, because like Genesis is one. This early Genesis stuff, where again, I wasn't there yet. I wasn't present for it. So like, I'm interested in the games I missed. So that's yeah, I'm a little more inclined in that regard. And yeah, I, I jumped in and tried it and. and I don't know if I've ever been more lost playing a video game. <laughs> like, it, it, it rivaled, I would say, turning on Raiders of the Lost Ark on the Atari 2600, which, if you're not in the know, you need to play with the second controller. And basically, no other Atari games have that going on. So if you didn't read or have, in my case as a child, the manual, you were just fucked. There's just no way you're going to figure out how to play that game. And funny enough, I bought the ma- that manual... As one of the manuals, I just I went to a retro shop a couple weeks ago and was rifling through and found an Atari 2600 manual cache there and ended up buying like fucking 30 manuals. And one of them was the Raiders of the Lost Ark because I was like, I don't even have the game. I don't even have the cartridge yet. I will get it though. And <laughs> because, yeah, as a kid, I just had no idea how to play this game as a kid. When I saw that, I was immediately like, ooh, I need this information. Even though I'm sure I can find it on the internet now, but it's just having it. Yeah. I needed to buy it because I saw it because of that, like damaging experience emotionally damaging experience as a child <laughs> so yeah i can finally play that but anyways on the surface of this game herzog there's like there's some action stuff going on that lets you switch freely between shooting shit as a warplane and shooting shit as a foot soldier like it's like a top-down tactical map right and you can switch between these two different game modes of sorts and there's like a little bit of a futuristic vibe to the art and sprites. Like it's like it's earth based, but like a little futuristic in the technology, the war technology you have. But like there's just clearly some high level strategy stuff going on. You can bring up a, a screen with a map that has flashing targets all over it and it shows opposing enemies. And there's a bunch of meters along the top of the screen that indicates fuck knows what, you know? So I was clueless as to what my objective was, but I was so intrigued that I did the unthinkable and hunted the manual down. And even the manual, which is easily the Genesis record to date, 32 pages is kind of confusing. <laughs> like I, I somewhat started to get a handle on the objective between the, like looking at the manual and playing the game. And 
It's a real-time acquisition and occupation strategy game of both the neutral and enemy POIs. Like, there's POIs all over the map. Some are enemy-controlled, some are neutral, and you need to try to acquire control of both. And it's real-time, though. And usually real-time strategy on a console, the the controls are going to be all too fucked up to really control that. But it works, dude. It works. You're just... You're you're like you're you're not dragging and dropping things or whatever. You're like controlling something that you have first person. Con, you know, for you're controlling the 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 soldier basically. And I think this game might be bananas fun, dude. Like you just said a whole lot of words, and I don't believe any of them, <laughs> dude. I'm telling you, it was I. It like it was weird because it's like so you got to like take. You have to like, like you can't even explain it to me. That it's it, 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 this is definitely the first of, of a game like it. Like, and that's you know, I guess it's some, maybe its own intriguing part of this. But like, you so you control the foot soldier and can shoot shit with him. And the the flying part of it is more of like a like a supply drop uh, support activity that you need to like you need to take different you, you need to figure out what you need in a certain part of the map for whatever military agenda you might be trying to initiate there and then support those troops with the flying thing dropping off certain other different types of attacking vehicles and shit. It's, I think it, I think it might be really fucking good, dude. I, I, especially, again, as a head-to-head thing. I think the real time head to head of this would be a really fun like like command and conquer type thing, which I never really got into, but I, a lot of people did. And uh, maybe 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 a more applicable thing for me would be Warcraft. It, it like had Warcraft vibes to it, and um, I certainly much prefer the fantasy world of Warcraft over this. But the actual gameplay of it, I think, was pretty seemed pretty damn good and felt pretty good. And once I had some, once I was able to acquire some vague understanding of what I was trying to do and how to do it. I was having fun immediately, dude. It look at it, you finding purported purported gems out of this episode of nothingness. Like, <laughs> I, don't even know. I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you can't argue with me if you don't even try it, Jay. That's 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 maybe the worst part about not trying these things is you you don't have a basis by which to argue against. <laughs> no, because I don't think of playing real time strategy games on my Nintendo or my Genesis or anything console. I don't either. either. It's immediately like an absolute not. Like I, I don't either, but I'm telling you, this one. Old Jerry would have looked at this and been like, Bleh. "Oh yeah." I mean, I, I don't think, like I said, even reading the manual, I had a hard time keeping up. Mentally. Well, why did you persist? You keep persisting through the BS and giving I, these people a chance, cause, Josh. Because surface I was... level, surface level reviews. <laughs> I'm too, too, too stubborn for that, Jay. Too stubborn for that. Too respectful. Too respectful of the artistic process and too stubborn. <laughs> So yeah, so I think I pulled, the first article I pulled up says Herzog's way is the best real time strategy. <laughs> I told you, motherfucker. <laughs> Bullshit, man. Bullshit. I told you. Like, I could immediately tell it was well done. You know, yeah, the only impediment was understanding objectives and how to accomplish them, like mechanically. <laughs> like the actual, like the feel of it was immediately like even when I didn't know what I was doing, it felt good. I just. Nothing was beneficial was happening for my 
my actions. <laughs> you know, like once I knew how to do what I needed to do, it was yeah, it was it was absolutely fun, and like I was accomplishing shit. Uh, and like I said, the the head to head thing of it has got to be just a absolute blast because you know AI computer whatever, but like two people in a room together playing this and the way it does it i think it's a split screen deal like it's it's probably a really fucking fun shit talky inspiring thing you know anyhow before we get out of here we have a new full pager from hot b for a game called shingen and the ruler shingen the ruler for the nes and i'd never heard of it dropped in june fired it up and it is astoundingly similar to nabunga's ambition like a turn-based strategy graphics are way better than uh i i would say the Nobunga's ambition, but there is, yeah, this, this is a mouse based real strategy game. That's not real time. It's turn based. And yeah, it's just, I mean, you need an in-depth manual perusal and it's just not a format that works on, on console. I don't think certainly not from a modern perspective, a bunch of bullshit sits between SWAT and ask the pros coming next. And ATP is a page and a half of all Shadowgate all the time. We have been overwhelmed with questions about the NES Chemco Seika Kart Shadowgate. So this month's Ask the Pros column will try to cover most of the cues regarding this challenging game. And overwhelmed is a really strong wording choice to say that they are just getting inundated by by kids. Like, what in the fuck do I do in this game? You know, it's kind of fun. I have this damn game. This is the game that I have to play. Yeah. Help please, me, please help me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 The kids all sound so exasperated. Please help me. I've tried everything. So on and so forth, you know. So um, the last one is asking what the last of the write ins is asking what in the fuck the copy in the end game sequence is talking about when it mentions this being the first story's end. And this is something even having kind of semi recently beaten this myself, I uh, did not, I didn't clock and, and, and really hmm. devote any thinking about. But I got to dap up the game pros here as they reached out to Kemko Seika and said, yeah, like, what the fuck is up with that? I mean, where's the, what's the sequel? What is the sequel? When's it coming? Yada, yada, yada. And Kemko Seika offered pretty much no answer whatsoever. They just told them <laughs> that a different game, Deja Vu, which is another one of these Mac Venture kind of same UI type deal, but a Detective Noir thing is coming out around Christmas. So bummer on that, but commendable to game pros for trying to get a real answer from the developer. We got nothing. Like, yeah. Find out. <laughs> Short pro shots now, and this is a pretty brief um, installment of this compared to what's been in some issues of the mag. Plenty to talk about, though. First up is Bandai's Dick Tracy in the NES, and we've seen a ton of this already because of Disney, Ugh. but yeah. August is the drop date, so it is actually out now, and this is the first we're seeing it where that's the case. So it is game ep eligible now. You say that as, as if it matters at all. As, as if that as if that changes anything in just make, life. Just making a declaration, that's all. <laughs> this game is actually I'm I think I told you this. The side scrolling action parts, not good. But there is a lot of interesting shit in this game. No. The the no. you're you're, you're <laughs> the, the acquiring of clues and stuff and like you're you know, there's it's the overhead driving stuff. It's it's Yeah, his his coat is yellow. I get it. It's bright. <laughs> No. <laughs> not not saying I'm uh, hardcore advocating for it or anything, but there, it's not just a straightforward shitty action side scroller like you could have gotten for a movie licensed game of the time. Yeah, it's a shitty licensed side scroller <laughs> of a shitty. Game. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm leaving it alone. I'm leaving it alone, Dick Tracy. <laughs> 
Tengen's Clax is also new for us. This hit in June. And this is a game I've been buzzing around the periphery of in my gaming universe forever. Or that's been buzzing around in the periphery of my gaming universe forever. And I, I'm sad I've never tried it until now. It, it is an awesome award-winning puzzler. Fun neon shit 90s extreme vibes to it. And did you did you play it? Yeah, it's a fun game. It's it's a game that also, like, growing up, I heard about, but just never, I never had it. Yep. But you would see it, like, that they were clearly trying to promote it, you know? Yep. And I see why. Yeah, you turn it on. It's it's there's there's white text on a black card that reads it's the '90s and there's time for dot 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 before and then it cuts to the title screen, clacks. You know, and it's just there's a lot of that kind of like by the standards of NES games in 1990, edgy uh, aspects to it. You know, it's got a really weird little pongish mini game called Blob Ball in the options menu. Did you clock this? I did not know. I did not yeah. play it. So, if you, yeah, you go to the options menu, and there's a thing there called, there's an option called Blob Ball. Or, sorry, it's labeled Stuff on the title screen uh, is what the, the options menu is called. And then you go there, and there's an option in there called Blob Ball. And it's just, it's Pong, basically, but with, like, some weird shit going on to it. So, it's just, like, you know, some added content that is cool if they, you know, most games don't have that kind of thing going on in it, you know, or most NES games of the time. No NES games at the time. I shouldn't say most. I can't think of any other instance of that kind of thing. So it's like hidden, not even hidden, but just like, again, added bonus content. And yeah, the game itself, the actual core game itself, is, it's just fun. Like, I'll, I'd add it to the shit worth playing list if I could even open, let alone edit the doc on your Google Drive. <laughs> what? I, I told you, I can't edit, I can't edit it. It's like, it asked me to do some additional shit that I can't do, sign in shit or something that I cannot do. I'm not, ah. I'm, si- I'm signed into my Google drive and I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I use people, other people's Google drives all the time. I don't understand what's happening there, but I cannot uh, edit that. I cannot edit I that. Document. Take a look at that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's coming on Genesis two, which almost certainly will be even doper graphics wise. So I'm looking forward to checking that out and, and seeing the disparity between the two, but yeah, the game's really fun and absolutely worth trying. There's no SMS in here in the forward-looking section, and maybe that means it's finally reached the end of the line, but there are three Genesis jams. One is Cyberball. We covered that already, I believe. (laughs) Uh, Another is Populous from EA, a very highly regarded strategy game in the PC realm that got ported where you essentially are kind of a god looking down on the world below and changing the landscape and stuff and trying to attract followers, I think. I remember trying it back in the day and not being able to get into it. And I think that's kind of interesting because there is an EA strategy title that's very similar called Powermonger that I owned. That is, it's more military minded than, than Populous. Populous is just kind of a building thing, I think. But even Powermonger is really hard for me to play nowadays from that same, you know, modern UI problem perspective we just yeah. talked about. But very well regarded game coming up. And. Then we have Zany Golf, and this is a putt-putt game from EA I'd never seen or played. And it's putt-putt. You know, I like that shit. I know you like that shit, too. <laughs> did you try this one? This one I did not try. No. Oh, man. It's not terrible for, I mean, for the time, it was probably fun. You can up to, and this is actually a really interesting thing, too, that you don't get for the Genesis. It's up to four players on a controller pass system for the Genesis. So, again, kind of a good party game, I think. Nice. And the courses are indeed zany, as the title would suggest. But the U and I and physics are they're not really great, I would say. The the hitting mechanic is dragging a crosshair the opposite direction you want to hit. So kind of like a rubber band effect. So like the way you want to hit, you pull the exact opposite of it. And 
It's, and it's just tough to get. You probably could get the hang of it, I'm sure, and be able to do it reliably. But it was so different that the learning curve was a little steep on that, I think. And, and I don't know if that was the best way to do it. But I mean, I think like the best thing like this, like uh, Lunar Pool, you know, is a better, like I liked how that, I think that could have worked very similarly for, for this, you know, the same kind of interface. But See, video game golf has ruined my real life golf, my putt-putt game. Like we had from playing, you know, walkabout golf and such, and even like golf with friends, like, so we had an event. We went to this, basically a putt-putt course nearby. I didn't know it existed. It's not putt-putt, you know. It's next to a real-life golf course. And so, like, they had their own mini miniature golf next to it. Mm. Awesome. But, like, the first couple of holes, I'm realizing I'm expecting the ball physics to be like they are in walkabout. And I'm like, that is not right. I was like, this is really? real-life golf. I routinely praise it for being so physics accurate. They're, they're – Yes, it, it's good, but at the same time, there's things I know where I just know if I hit it a certain way, like it'll go that way, and that does not mean real life is going to go like that. And I just mm-hmm. realized I caught myself doing it, and I was like, ah, <laughs> too much yeah, VR golf. That's that's <laughs> funny. I don't know if I have played real life putt putts since I started playing walkabout. That's a that's See, a funny. I guarantee funny you might thought. have to make a quick adjustment, just like mentally for a second. Like, well, I, about it. I almost went in Florida. I was in Florida and I was, <laughs> I, what was I doing? I think for I was just all fucking around. What the hell was I doing? Why was I up there? I was up in, uh, maybe it was coming back or going to my grandma's or something, but the, I stopped and ate lunch. I think of what it was. And it, it was in a, a beach community, like Clearwater and, they had a, there were a couple of putt putt courses. Like I clocked the one, and there was another one that was closer to where I ate. So I was sitting there eating. And I looked up. I was like, I'm just gonna go play like by myself, you know. And, and, and it was one of those funny. I don't know. I don't know. I do not have like I can you know. I am we- so weird in my social. Uh, it's not anxiety. Like I can like I can do anything, go anywhere, talk to anyone. Like it doesn't matter to me. But if I'm like, I will not do things. For such weird reasons, but but like so, I go back. So like I drive to this place. It's only you know it was like a mile from where I eat. So I drive to this place and I pull up to it, and I park in the street next to it and I look at it and I see a family with two kids and like pretty empty otherwise there. And it, like the thought and it occurred to me like how weird it might be for a guy to be alone, a forty year old guy alone on a putt-putt course with a bunch of kids running around. And it just, it just like, it occurred to me as weird. And I was like, I, I'm not going to do that. And just, just, turn, and just, and just turn around and drove away. <laughs> I so guarantee I, that family is not thinking about you. No, but. for sure. No, they, and they, by the time I got up there and paid and got in, that family wouldn't even have been there. But the possibility that I would have that interaction with other families or whatever was too much for, and I just turned around. I don't think that's a thing, Josh. I, <laughs> oh, no, I didn't say it was a thing. I said it was a thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it was healthy. I just said it was something that I did and that came into my mind. <laughs> Anyhow, a couple Turbo 16 titles and a Turbo Graphics 16 titles and a Game Boy joint close out Pro Shots and we get a handful of ads before getting to Pro News. And there is an ad in here from Toho for a full pager that has Godzilla, which we've talked about, but they introduce a new one called Circus Caper. And I'd never heard of this, so I fired it up. Did you play it? 
Circus caper? No. Yeah, you might not even. It's tough to even. If you're not really cl- easy to easy to gloss over this for sure. I'm like, I def- I'm like double checking. Like, I didn't even see that. Did I see <laughs> that, that <laughs> yeah, it's, Godzilla stands out much more in the ad, probably. Yeah. But yeah, so there, there. It's a new one, and it's a really lackluster action platformer where you're controlling a kid trying to get his sister back from an evil magician at a carnival. And there's the sprite art in it is actually pretty good. It's like there's some way too long cutscenes and shit at the start that look pretty good. But see, there's there was one with a really creepy ass clown I posted on the socials, and it absolutely killed it in the retro game porn subreddit. But yeah, some really good looking artwork, but the gameplay is dog shit. It's so bad. There you go. <laughs> so, there you go. So yeah, we don't need to talk about that anymore. We get a Solstice ad as well. And I know, and I wish, bro, but no, can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> and then we've been skimming it for a long while. The world Championships, Josh. Is that the Nintendo World Championships? Yeah, so, Does that mean anything to you? So is Rollerball or whatever that <laughs> how game is. But we've been skimming it for a long time, and it's just been the same old shit. But those fucking crooks behind the Ultimate Game Club ads that are always in here have expanded the business from just a direct mailing sign-up disguised as a dog shit club membership. And I can't not fixate on this a little bit they've added a 1-900 tip line in an official in quotations hint book so the ultimate hint book right 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 so they <laughs> the hint line shit the the 1-900 line it's called the call the or the, the copy reads call the ultimate game club's private hint line featuring captain ultimate and his video rangers with all the answers to all your favorite video questions and they go into a slew of other shitty pre-recorded offerings. This is a, is 95 cents a minute, right? And then the hint book copy reads, Buy the Ultimate Game Club's official hint book with over 250 pages and 1,001 hints jammed into an easy-read format. This limited edition encyclopedia to the world of video games making you the ultimate game player in your neighborhood. And this is, to buy this, it's $9.95 plus postage or $14.95 if you're not a member of their shitty club. And I hate these fucks. They trigger me so much, dude. I hate these <laughs> motherfuckers. Like, it's such a bullshit thing. It's so bullshit. And they just, I cannot believe. Did you I fall for them a lot, Josh? Uh, no. I did. I would mail. I did. I, I never signed up for this one. So I didn't have GamePro. But I would mail in for shit. Yeah, all the time. Like, anytime. I, like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. There was, yeah, there was a, that's a funny, that's a, a funny childhood thing to, worth touching on, too. Yeah, like, I was very, anytime I could enact my own, auto, like, uh, autonomously, conduct business like or not autonomously but uh yeah autonomously on my own without my parents without needing to involve parental guidance or 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 help or approval or whatever you know anything if i could like mail in cash for something and get my hands on like four (laughs) dollars you know and like have some shit sent to me so i'm getting mail like anything like basically like there was like a part of me that wanted to conduct business As a, as a child, you know, and anytime I could do that in my own way, I would yeah. absolutely engage it, you know, for sure. So yeah, like the things in the back of comic books and shit, for sure, I would I would mail in for shit and and uh, be all too eager to get it. And it's of so course, funny, I never yeah. did any of these things. I just skip really? past. I'm just like, yeah, oh, dude, yeah, just move couldn't, on. Couldn't couldn't get enough to do like that. Yeah, the, even even into my teens, like the Columbia House shit, I was oh. all over. Ta- tape a penny to that shit. Oh, oh yeah, let's fucking do it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like garbage, just like immediately, just not even looking at it. 
Oh my god. Fuck it. Yeah. And I remember, yeah, the I remember the first time they're showing up and fucking in my cave and all pissed off. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? I'm gonna be a fucking responsible. I'm like, no man, I got no control, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's only a penny. This is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. I'll send the things back, don't worry. I can send them back, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. Don't fucking worry about it. Uh, so yeah, maybe that is. I hadn't thought about it, but maybe that is some sort of scarring uh, <laughs> that bothers me so much about them. But I don't know. Just the level. The fact that it's kids mag and like the level of bullshit they're feeding you in those ads is really off-putting. <laughs> but in Pro News Report, there is some cool shit going on here. They have they mentioned Nintendo established a research fund at MIT with an initial endowment of three million bucks. They gave them that will support research and development of learning tools that. Look and feel more like Nintendo games than school books. So, edutainment to trick kids into learning shit, and that's a good plan, and it might have some legs. I like it. There is a personal computing company called Duo, and they announced a family computer that is both Nintendo and IBM software compatible. And I was like, I saw this, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> like, I would have loved the diskettes and Nintendo? Holy shit. <laughs> Fucking give that to me now. Ultimate power. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. So, yeah, I looked this up and couldn't find a peep about it on the Internet, though. So I'm guessing this was a pipe dream that never made it to fruition. Sadly, but it does sound hot. And then we have Sega of America's Fantasy Star 2 on Genesis was recently chosen as 1990s inductee into the Software Hall of Fame, Jay. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer video game. And I'd like to know what the the population of... Games were chosen for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I'd like some an inquiry into this decision. <laughs> into the into the selection process and uh, the how judicious they were in in their selections. That's worth that's a that's a fair request. And <laughs> they actually have Game Ep alum Fantasy Star One and the SMS was a runner up for the second year in a row. So the both of them are in here and uh the fact that the ones returning in subsequent years which seems maybe like that actually now that i say that out loud kind of makes me question the selection process too but (laughs) (laughs) we played several genesis games by now several sega games well just the fact that it's returning a second year like should that be i kind i hate award shows but that's not even possible on most award situations right i don't know I, i would think that would it would need to be yeah, because it's like when you submit to festivals. Like most festivals require that the completion date of the project you're selecting is within a certain window, so it's applicable for the particular festival year. Like that, unless you're going straight up like sales, you know, and it's like somehow still top right. five in sales or something, right. which would be crazy to me. But that would be possible. I don't yeah. know. That, yeah. yeah, that would be very possible, especially for the SMS, which you know, again, the kids who are straggling on that. Yeah, the, but the only way I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. The only way that that could be could work is if it was not pitted up against Nintendo. Otherwise, obviously, it would be Nintendo. So I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. We need we need <laughs> we need to see your data, I guess. But either way, it's a pretty good argument for a side quest selection, eh, Jay? It is. It is. Yes. I'm just trying to poke holes, but. Yeah. <laughs> So the last thing of significance in here for me was a mention of the game service, which is the Proto Gamefly direct mail game renting service we've seen wacky ads for in the last handful of game pro issues and game pro issues. And 
I'd say our prediction it would evaporate quickly is now officially erroneous because we we it's like three issues we've went here, and this pro news mention is accompanied across the staples with a new full page ad for the service, which certainly implies they they weren't full pages originally they were smaller deals so that would imply they're picking up steam with this so again it's all the more odd to me that we are unable to find any information about it anywhere, um, yeah weird. This time on the on the ad though the the weird rhino dino whatever he's sitting atop a weird planet or maybe a rotting nut I'm not sure but he's watching his little portable TV that doesn't have shit to do with video games by our measure on top of that and you know still doesn't make any sense but good for them maybe I, I, I give it two episodes I give it two episodes two magazines two issues more and it's gone it's got to be gone that's got to be gone we should we yeah we should we should uh, <laughs> should do Put a it betting on the calendar should do a betting pool. Yep, over under. <laughs> over under two. Okay, two issues. I'll, I'll, I'll. August, September, October. I'll take the over there. I'll take the over. All right. Okay. Put it on the board. Put it on the whiteboard. The our our hot neon pastel Toys R Us ad for this issue is up next, and this one is pitching the Game Boy with the headline "Get a Grip." And Toys R Us is coming back, man. Did you fucking know that? Toys R Us, these stores are coming back. They're back. They're out of bankruptcy, and they're coming back. They're coming you, back? Yeah, you didn't know this? Okay. I did not know this. Yes. So Macy's flagship locations are getting them. Nine locations had opened as of early August when I was doing my research here. And I noticed one of the nine is in L.A., as you might would expect it to be. It's at the Thousand Oaks Macy's. And you know I'm fucking going to that bad boy. Uh, I'll check it out and be be the boots on the ground correspondent for that uh, Dude, for sure. So that's I want to a, be a Toys R Us kid. We need some live footage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll I'll be some I'll be the boots on the ground. I'll check it out. Report back to the the disciples. And the after that we have a Clax full pager and Ultra's Quarth on Game Boy to close us out and Game Bro Game Pro. 13 is in the books. That is the Funhouse theme from Mickey Mouse Capade on the NES, bringing us into our favorite section the nominations but this time i don't know what to think because there were not strong choices in my opinion okay what, but, what were they uh, what were they what, what, what were your yeah nominations? so first we're going super dodgeball second we're going truxton i will always put it on the list and then solstice <laughs> so we got wizards, we got sports, and we got some flying shooter goodness. Okay. Okay. Based Super on what you're saying, I, I'm thinking we got we got some clacks, we got some some clacks, cyberball. Clax is not in here. Clax is not in here. That's that's a good guess though. Clax is interesting. I just I don't know. Yeah, I, just, I didn't. Did we do? We did, did we do? Did we do? I feel like we did a puzzle. Did we do a puzzle recently. I don't know. There was some reason that yeah, it was like clacks. Not not a good choice. But I do like Clax. But no, yes, I have Cyberball. You're correct on that. Cyberball is here. I have Iron Sword. So the Wizards and Warriors sequel. And I have Herzog's Way. 
We haven't. What? That's a totally new format. Herzog's Way is a totally new format that we have not done. We haven't done a football game yet. So that's that's a, that's to me that's a an argument for Cyberball. I think given the our dual love of football, you with the people who get paid and me with the people who play for the love of the game. That that should considering that, the time that that, the year that, that are being stolen from by not being paid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now starting to get paid. No, it's not enough. But yeah, I think we should do I'd I'd definitely be down for the cyber cyber ball. Okay. Just because of its it's it's uniqueness and differentness, and it it looks cool enough. Where I'm like, yeah, I, can, I feel like I can get into that, you know. Okay, and that yeah, we 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 one thousand percent have to figure out uh, playing head to head on that for sure too. Cause Done. That's, um, I'm sure that gameplay mode will be great. Okay, yeah, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I, I won't. I do not need to. I have no inclination whatsoever to push off that. So cyberball it is. <laughs> <laughs> So we will uh, we'll play that next, and then we are going to. Um, oh my god! I didn't update the fucking thing here. What are we doing next? I don't even know what we're doing next. <laughs> I do it. Yeah, I, I didn't update this part. I have Sega Mania issue one. We're definitely not doing that issue next after after this game episode. So uh, I it's we probably are going back to Nintendo Power. Nintendo Power. 14? Something, so, something like that. <laughs> Probably Nintendo, if not another Game Pro. I definitely, we definitely don't have a Sega Visions coming up. I don't think that's why we did the Sega Mania last time. So yeah, probably Nintendo. Whatever. It's not like we have any idea what we're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> so after we do that, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do a, a, a mag up on that, and then you can subscribe to the pod on the platform provided whatever dumbass coming there says of your pottery. Please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on whatever platform you listen to if you enjoy our nonsense. The website is nyhentertainment.com forward slash ishpod. You can email us directly at ishpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod and banter with us on the Facebook page, the Instagram, the subreddit, and talk shit to us about our gameplay videos on the YouTube. The links to all those will be in the show notes. We don't have a Patreon, but if you'd like even one of the things podcasters tell you to, I'd like to do so at our direction. The Able Gamers Foundation creates custom gaming rigs for gamers with disabilities. That's cool as fuck. AbleGamers.org is where you can find them. There are t-shirts on the website. They're dope and proceeds on those. After pot expenses, go to Able Gamers. I'm wearing one right now. Jay thinks football is more important. But, <laughs> but Jay, what are your socials? Gentleman JB without the second E is my gamer tag and where you can find me on Instagram, Facebook. I'm on... I'm on Twitter at Josh Fallen. I'm on Instagram at MyShiftKeyIsBroke. I'm on Oculus at MyShiftKeyIsBroke. Okay, bye. Go with us.